and welcome to Point of Origin, episode 15, the podcast where we see Stargate's answer to the Don't Walk on the Grass episode of Star Trek. Yeah, that episode alone. You told me before you do not like that episode. No, I really, really don't. Sorry, one second. Yeah, well, clearly the upstairs neighbors uh, also don't like <laughs> the episode, if, if the stopping is anything to go by. I... I don't have very many clear memories of it, but I was definitely one of those people who fell for the really obvious trick of, let's put a young kid in the show to get kids interested. Right? I was deeply invested in Wesley as a kid. To this day, every time somebody brings up how- every time I mean, I love Will Wheaton now, too. Right? Will Wheaton's a great guy. Every time Will Wheaton himself brings up how much he doesn't like Wesley, I'm always just a little offended. You're like, but- <laughs> I was so young. Yeah. I mean- I have such nostalgia for it. Like, mm-hmm. Granted, I can rewatch and like, I kind of get what people are talking about, but even then, I'm still just a exactly, little bit team Wesley. Because I grew up yeah. with Wesley. I know, it's like, he was just that... Yeah, but yeah, so that episode is, I mean, we've had this conversation before. Season one yeah. of a show is yeah. can, can <laughs> be interesting, and that's, that that episode was definitely a season one type show episode, so this would make sense as a, re- as a response of, hey guys, here's how you do a storyline better. <laughs> Better-ish. I mean, it's better. Sure, yeah. We don't have to deal with that whole, they didn't even freaking know it was against the law. <laughs> yeah, that's always, a, that always, yeah. But yeah, it's a good response. It's, hey, guess what? This is a, still kind of a weird, dumb premise, but guys, we can do it better. Yeah. The difference between uh, late 80s and late 90s, <laughs> maybe, because, you know, that was next There's gen. a little bit of time. Yeah, because yeah, next gen started in the late 80s, yeah. so, like 87 or something. Yeah, before I was born. Before you were born, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... This episode mostly is going to be preparing us. I was trying to basically find a way of folding in the fact that we're going to have our comments and then we're going to hear the upstairs neighbors constantly stomping. Sure, sure, too. sure. That <laughs> sounds about right. I couldn't be clever, so yeah. Well, I'm Mel. I'm Liz. <laughs> and that's our upstairs neighbor. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I always sound so lackluster when I say my name because it's always after we've had to deal with something like that people who play soccer indoors fully aware they live above people. Are they aware? Are they aware of anything? The episode we're watching today is episode 14, Korai. It's a cool name in general. Yeah, I just like anything that sounds less English. <laughs> it's a weird set of but... Anything that actually calls to mind the uh, intergalactic yeah, the element culture of aspect. this story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's just, this is a show about ex- exploration, and the best part of exploration is other languages. Yeah. I mean, other people, obviously, but... <laughs> other languages. Because, like, the best representation... <laughs> who cares about the people who speak so, it? Sometimes, for me, the best representation of another culture is their language. Yeah. Because you can usually tell from the initial meeting just how different a culture might end up being based solely mm-hmm. on the fact that their language is so different. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes it's absolute bullshit as an idea. Like, sometimes, like, how Russia isn't even that different of a culture, but their language, you know, is <laughs> oh, completely gosh. different than, than English. But, you know, so it's that kind of thing. But it's just, if it... It has, you know, like, those kinds of different aspects. I'm like, ooh, I bet you guys have a cool story mm-hmm. as a people. So, the official synopsis for this episode is, O'Neill and the team travel to Chartago, where Teal'c is recognized as once having been head Jaffa to the sinister gold Apophis. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that it only took, you know, granted this is DVD's order, but I, I like that it only took 14 episodes for them to finally bring to mind the fact that he's definitely traveled a lot. 
I mean, they've with, called to it before. Right, but they've There's called been to him plenty of instances where he's like, oh, yes, I was at this planet with the gold right. and blah, 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 But blah. I like that this is finally the other side of it where people are recognizing this extremely high-profile figure. specifically. Yeah. It's not even just, oh, you're a Jaffa. It's, yeah. You've been here exactly. before. Exactly. Because it's, he was, he was first prime. He yeah. was a high profile figure. Mm-hmm. He definitely stood out as the right hand man. You know, I like that, that they don't waste any time, that they address the complications. They address the consequences of his past. I they don't pull away from anything. That's actually something I, that's a huge element of Stargate in general is like any TV show. Granted, there's entire episodes that are you know, never referenced again for yeah. you know for good reasons or bad mm-hmm. reasons. That's not you know unusual. What I love though is this show is one of the few that definitely consistently explores the idea of long term ramifications. Oh, again, yes, positive or negative. Yeah. Either way, it really you know the ripple effect kind of thing definitely is not a small piece. Oh yeah, this is definitely mm-hmm. one of those shows where um, SG One went on for ten years, obviously, yeah. and the characters of SG-1 that we get in the beginning are not who we have at the end. Oh, hell no. Not even no. remotely. Certainly some of them change far more right. than others. Right. But I love about it is that their development doesn't isn't just the development part. It's development while constantly, well, I mean, not constantly, but consistently bringing focus back to the beginning of mm-hmm. their, who they were. Not as a, oh, look how far you've come, necessarily, but just as a, uh, hey, remember this thing yeah. you did? Granted, it was for whatever reason. But this is a result. Absolutely. And so they don't just call them... Because character development is great, obviously. And that's that should always be lauded. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy it when somebody can think beyond just... You know, having like a, a moment where you acknowledge that you were, you're, you're different than you were. But also that everything has, you know... What, everything you can do every day can affect so much. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a good thing what you were doing or a bad thing that you were doing. And maybe you're ramifications were bad or good just acknowledging the period and coming back every now and then is a great way of bringing the audience constantly into the story yeah beyond just whatever story they're telling right then mm-hmm. and i i respect the shit out of that and this the fact that they started with that was season one. Oh yeah further reminder for me that these writers knew what the fuck they were doing yep uh so let's finish the synopsis here no. <laughs> so he gets recognized uh, and then he's arrested for murder and put on trial for his life. Can his comrades save him? No, no, he dies. Spoiler alert. Oh, Season wow. one, main character dies. That's it. <laughs> I mean, we've had all of them die at some True. point. That always bugs me as a synopsis thing I when know. they say, can they save him? Oh no, the suspense. I Maybe if they worded it more along the lines of like, what will can they, they do? Because what it really comes down to in the, the episode, which we'll get into when we start watching it, is... Obviously, they can save him, but can they do it through diplomatic means, right. or do they have to exert their force? Right. Like a better way of putting it would have been like, how will his teammates yes. save him? That's that's a better because way to word it. It's not a question of whether they're not whether or not they're going to. It's mm-hmm. a question of how, which it doesn't take away suspense saying how. Yeah, asking how because that makes you sit there and wonder. Mm-hmm. That's a synopsis that makes me go interesting. I think subconsciously I tend to dismiss episodes with a synopsis that ends with, "Will they save yeah. him?" Like, oh no. Gee, I wonder. Oh, um, we pulled out a new DVD today. Yeah. Hey, man, this is this is success for us. Not only have we had to change DVDs once, we've had to change them twice. Yeah. We are following through. I'm just We're proud. on the uh, fourth DVD now. Oh, what? This is the fourth one? Uh-huh. Oh, shit, it's the third one. I moved over to the next page in my little booklet. Damn. 
Yeah, so uh, we switched over to a new, new DVD, but before we did that, we watched the little featurette on the last one, which was on Hammond. I actually, uh, not that it was like, I'm surprised that it was good. I just, it, I, yeah, it's just further, uh, I'm just, I'm always gonna be, I'm just never gonna not be sad that he's dead now. Yeah. Because I'll never get to meet him, because I honestly didn't really think about it too much, but I didn't expect him to be just so... He would just see how calm and chill he was mm-hmm. in the interview. Like, he definitely is Hammond in that aspect. Oh, yeah. But he has a slightly different humor aspect, I can tell, mm, yeah, as yeah. a person. Because, oh no, actor, acting. <sighs> see, they're, they're even... <laughs> they love Hammond. I mean, to be fair, who who doesn't? I also, I was really pleasantly surprised. I didn't know he was a, a had actually been in the military. Yeah. I loved finding out. We already knew that he did um, photo double stuff for... Right. For MacGyver's boss. But apparently he also did stunt work. My favorite thing about that was that he literally prefaced that statement with, and I was a bit heavier back yeah. then. So this guy was legit. <laughs> he did stunt work, and not like he was, you know, obese or anything. No. And not that it would matter, you know, so on, but... Well, remember when I, I said... A bit heavier was, and doing stunt work don't always go together. When we first found this out, I was like, well, yeah, they do look kind of alike. MacGyver's boss is a little bit broader than him. <laughs> His boss always reminded me of, like, Fat Columbo. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Nothing wrong with it. That's that was the image that came to mind. But I just like that uh, Donis Davis was a very apparently very active man because yeah. he was quote unquote heavier, but was able to do stunt work. Yeah, I was Which, like, okay. My definition involves some activity. Uh huh. I can totally picture him just being like this. I, I bet he was um, no matter what size quote unquote he was. I bet he was always like ripped up here in his arms. <laughs> I bet he always had like you know super yeah. muscles. He doesn't look like somebody who sat still for too long. I did love uh, the opening of the featurette. Just showed him saying, uh, "Close the iris," like. Four times open in the ra- iris. Open, open the, the iris. iris four times in like rapid succession. And we're like, oh, they're calling out this is his only role in season one. Right, like, granted, he has a couple of episodes where he has actually a handful of lines, yeah. but he's definitely at first you're either exposition dude or you're basically glorified security guard. But yes, you can take down this level of security. Mm-hmm. Which again, though, Donis Davis clearly knew what he was doing with that because he was talking to Feature about how, you know, a general is a general is a general. Yeah. The important job is to direct things and stay back. So it mm-hmm. it isn't demeaning for him as a character to be the guy who says no. open the iris. Because that's a very important job. It's having to decide, A, whether or not you should allow this to happen, or and then B, any consequences of your decision oh, yeah. come from that. Which so, Hammond is fully aware of. Right? So that's, you know, it's a silly little line, but that actually is a very important piece of yeah. Open the Iris. So they're like, yeah, we only give him this one line, but guess what, bitches, he's important. <laughs> but I stand by what I said, though, if you um, hadn't watched the show and you were watching this, like, let's say you got the box set and you were like, I'm going to watch this show I've always meant to watch. I've never seen it before. Watch this featurette. Don't do that, because... They gave away so many spoilers. Oh yeah, for massive storylines in this two-minute feature. They they showed him in a fight, an alien fighter jet. Oh god, it's like I'm trying to avoid also creating a you know a ton of spoilers for later. But Jesus, <laughs> I was excited, yeehaw! And then Teal just slowly turning and blink, blink, blink. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I swear that was his. Just goddamn, general. All right. <laughs> oh, that scene was so good. I was just so happy with the ending of the featurette, though, because Dallas Davis talking about how he really appreciated the different element of this as a sci-fi mm-hmm. show because oh, it wasn't yeah. about spaceships, as he pointed out. It was about people. It was about people getting to know other people. That doesn't matter if it's on on one planet, you know, one culture getting to another, know another culture. Or going through a Stargate. Because no matter what, people are people, and getting to know them is 
one of the best getting to know other cultures is one of the best thing a uh, best things a human being can do mm-hmm. is expand your horizons literally. Absolutely. <laughs> expand your event horizon. <laughs> I don't do puns often, so I get really proud of them when I do. I loved how happy he seemed talking about it. Yeah. I'm really bummed I'm never gonna get to meet him because he seemed like I would have I would have enjoyed that beyond your usual fandom. Squeeing mm-hmm. that I would do. There's a reason why I'm never allowed to meet Michael Shanks. I'd be too embarrassed. I, I would embarrass the shit out of myself. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that on my conscience. Of, I don't need to be on my deathbed going, I really fucking wish I hadn't done right? that. <laughs> but yeah, so it was pretty awesome. It was. It was a good feature. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, feature is for this DVD that we're going to get to in like five uh, episodes or something? Sam. Oh shit! Uh huh. Awesome. I now have seen enough about him and it's happening behind the screen, behind uh, the camera. Yeah. That I. She is such a weirdly childlike person. She's very bubbly, very silly. There we go, not childlike. She's silly. She definitely has a silly aspect, which I am down. I'm here for. But listening to her talk about this character in her own voice never ceases to make me laugh. I just love how she is just such a different person. I really am excited for that featurette because I can tell, just I already know that that interview is a little bit is going to be awesome. Dang, we don't get the uh, featurette about Jack until season three. And it's called a documentary instead of a featurette. Damn. I mean, it was Richard Dean Anderson. That was a big deal. So, uh, let's go watch the episode. Awesome. Corey. Alright, and we are back. We are. My only goal in life is to not say, okay, so we're back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I say that every fucking we're back. So, honestly, it was, uh, I, it's a very important episode. Yeah. But it's it's like the notch where it's a frustrating episode. Yeah, it's also just a little longer than it needed to be. In the sense that it's a 40-minute episode, so they have to have a certain length. But I guess I just wish that in, in a perfect world, there could be episodes every now and then that just had the main storyline point. Uh-huh. And that was, and, you know, you could just you could just have a shorter episode. Because it's just, you can tell in the moments that it's extended for, like, no reason. It was a cool concept, though, so I'll take it. Yeah. I think what they explore in this episode is important, especially to track early. So that it's something to keep in mind as they continue to explore worlds in the future. Yeah. And there's, a uh, I do like plenty of metaphors in this one. Oh, yeah. Use of metaphors. And, uh, in the vein of, you know, guilt, uh, justice, honor, what constitutes honor. It's kind of an allegorical episode, almost. It tells a different kind of story than it's presenting. Oh, yeah. Um, while also telling the story that it is presenting. It's, it's <laughs> nice. It's, du- it's dual layered. <laughs> So, uh, the writer for this episode is a new one. Yeah, I saw that name. That was like Assel or something. Tom J. Astle. Astle. There we go. I like Assel better. <laughs> of course you yeah, do. Right? Well, I mean, kudos to him. It's it's actually fair. It's well written. Decently. I mean, there were some weak points, but... Well, yeah, but there's like, there was, there were no major plot holes. There were no... no. The dialogue was really well put together. There wasn't really a lot of extraneous And I think talking. they did a good job of setting up the framing of the initial scenario of the flashback and then mm-hmm. each time they go back to yeah, it exactly. they expand a little yeah, bit the, more yeah, they see a little bit more of the motivation mm-hmm. behind it yeah that's a that's a no, i guess I, I don't really think it's common but it's definitely more common than not um storytelling type yeah but it's not always done right mm-hmm. well and not, not not just like in terms of acting or directing or whatever but literally in terms of writing so i think it's actually kudos to him for that because yeah. it's it's tame it's not super annoying and the pacing there you go pacing that's there what i'm the pacing is good Except for the parts we can tell he's just trying to extend the storyline yeah. because it has to be 40 minutes. But I don't really blame him for that. I blame the constructs of TV for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if he writes any more episodes or anything, but if he does, his name will not cause dread. No. <laughs> a name that does cause dread, though. As a party. The director is Mario as a party. I mean, he did a better job this time. He didn't have as much opportunity to um, show how bad he is at doing fight scenes in this one. Although I did notice, once again, that as soon as we had fight scenes, it was... Miserable. Like hell, there's a part where uh Jack trips that guy. And yeah, I'm just I'm just amazed that the full trip happens with that. Although he does cut right before and right after mm-hmm. that It you it chill. <laughs> just chill out. It's an unnecessary level. It's funny, I was kinda giving him credit for uh, there's like that one scene where there's some tension going on and yeah. the cameras. And you you're know, cutting between faces. Yeah, and then as I was thinking about it, I realized that that way works, but you can and I get, I'm not really sure if this is a directing choice, so I'm not sure if I should blame him for this, but I just think a lot of shows would benefit from a far greater use of single camera uh-huh. tactics. Absolutely. So even like that high tension scene, having a single camera would have been better, I think. And honestly, like a lot of those courtroom scenes, single camera would have been better. Yeah. Just, no, I just, he, he, he just cuts too much. He, it, it's the directing style of a hyperactive child. <laughs> Like, ooh, keeps ooh, getting ooh, distracted. Ooh, look, 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 look. It's like, we don't need to see the squirrel, okay? You can you can pan, like, even in a fight scene, you can pan back and forth. Yeah. Hell, you don't need to pan. You got the camera focusing on one thing, and then there's a, such a thing as a camera refocusing a, mm-hmm. during a shot to see something further away, and then focusing back on what's more Or even just taking a wider shot so you can see the exactly. span of the movement. If you want to create the idea of, ooh, look over here, see what's this happening, and ooh, look over here, you can do it without, you can do it with cuts, and you can do it normally without being annoying. And you can do it with single camera type tactics too. No matter what, you don't need to do it the way he does it, which no. is excessive. And unfortunately, that he is literally—he's just symptomatic of everything that's wrong with directing today. Because this is a this is a massive problem these yeah. days. I can't watch as a party so with many a head shows. of time. <laughs> right? There's there's so many shows that do this in movies, and it's so many yeah. action does not necessitate. Yeah, like I love the MCU, Ugh. but they have so many cuts. Right? It's just cut, 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 cut. It's, it, it's hard to pay attention, and it's hard to not be a little thrown around. And I get that they're trying to like be like, ooh, it's exciting, ooh, shit's going down. But you just calm down. We don't need to be having a, a seizure no. from your massively strobe epileptic type flashing. I wonder <laughs> if we can blame Nolan for Batman Begins like with that. the way the camera... Just the way he used, like, the camera to communicate all of the excitement and the, the energy. Sorry, I thought you were saying it was bad. I, I meant, like, to blame him for it being such a thing at this point, because Nolan was so commended for his work. Yeah, I just don't remember enough. I've never seen Batman Begins. Oh. <laughs> I've heard about it. I've heard there was a lot of shaky cam and that sort of thing. You know, the shaky cam I don't really remember except for the fear toxin, which that makes more sense. Fear, fear, I feel like fear toxin would be a good use of shaky cam. No, that would be a fair use. Yeah. Um, I can't give an opinion because yeah, I just I don't, don't remember. Let's get to the show itself. Yeah. There's not, no, there's nothing new to say about us party. He does a lot of cuts that are unnecessary. Yes. He doesn't do anything mm. interesting yep. with his cuts. Yeah, this was not as bad as Brief Candle. It was not as not bad brief as Brief Candle. Can- uh, no, um, uh, it wasn't as bad as Brief Candle. Bloodlines. Yeah, there we go. Either way, it's still not an episode of Badlands. <laughs> I brought a brief candle on accident because it's obviously because the redress of the freeze set. frame. No, it's a redress set. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's not Bloodlines level of bad directing. No, but it's not like it's oh, it's not like it's good directing. It's uh-uh. just less offensive directing. Yeah, kind of makes me think of um, the directing for Emancipation. There's nothing offensive in it. The directing wasn't the problem in that yeah. episode. <laughs> the directing wasn't any of the big no, no. problems of this episode. 
this episode doesn't really have a ton of problems. I, and I really, I really there's a huge moment of convenience at the end. Well, hell yes, but that's but just you would have needed at least TV. a two parter to solve this story if there wasn't. Yeah, I don't consider it one of my favorite episodes. It's a little slow. It's just it's, it's not boring, but it's also not the most interesting. But it does present a ton of good questions. Yeah, and it really does make you think. So I actually appreciate it. What it's worth. Yeah, like I said, it's a lot like the Knox. Where where you get frustrated while you're watching it, but everything it's bringing up is important to think yeah. about. So, uh, the episode opens up with another one of those cold open walking onto a new planet. I'll take it, because it wasn't just a uh, random stock photo. God. I'm still annoyed with the Mayan Pyramid thing. That was just such a bad establishing shot. It, it was... It just, Ugh, I was expecting, what's, what's that watermark thing that's always across those uh, uh, those clip art images? I was like, that was how bad that was. This was so much better. <laughs> Almost immediately, my first, as soon as they're walking around the village, you know, they come in, they're walking through a village. Yeah, an empty village. An empty village. That part's fine. As soon as they get to like the main building, I was like, oh my god, it's totally the same set from Brief Candle. <laughs> it was as so soon as you, you were approaching, I'm like, that, you're like, that's the temple. Yeah, it's like, isn't that the set? Isn't and then they walked the into the temple, and you're like, that is the... S- I know, I recognized it because of the, the tall stairs. Yeah. I yeah. was like, those are the stairs yep. that led up to the Stargate exactly, in exactly, the other exactly. I say it as if it's like, oh my god, look how bad it is that they're but reusing no, a set. It's them great. reusing it. No, re- reuse, recycle. Uh-huh. And honestly, they redressed it enough that it wasn't super obvious. It just was a little obvious. No, if there had been more than like, um, what, six weeks or so? Between yeah. this and Brief Candle that we watched yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. If there had been more than that time, we probably yeah. we might not have noticed. Yeah. I just, I really enjoyed it because, for, you know, Brief Candle, that was that whole sandy beach aspect mm-hmm. of it there. And this one was very much more temperate Vancouver type Yeah, thing. yeah. And they, they redressed it to the point where this definitely did not look like a beach. No, no, There was no, nothing no, about that screamed that. So it, it, for redressing, that's really... Yeah, that's they good. did a good job. So yeah, they, uh, they're, look, they're walking, before they get to the courtroom now, uh, they're walking around the village... Completely empty, but they, but Sam especially notes she's like this. This was clearly recently emptied. Like there's food laying out here. Someone was just cooking on this pot, and then Teal notices he's been here before. I love Daniel's immediate what, and then and it gets like right up into Teal's face, just staring him straight, straight in his profile, going. What's going on? What do you mean you've been here before? What's it talking about? Because he's mm-hmm. ready for anything right. to do with a pop. Exactly. No, he's. You could just see those gears engage. <laughs> but Teal, on the other hand, looks like traumatized almost by recognizing this place. He does not look happy about yeah, it. Yeah, he immediately goes into uh, flashback mode. Almost. Oh yeah. <laughs> then they go into that uh, redressed temple mm-hmm. that is now uh, dressed to look like a courtroom. There was definitely some Roman element. Yeah. Like, not not just because of the very uh, annoyingly. <laughs> there's this as they're walking up to the temple. <laughs> like there's your average like uh you know, there's like columns and so on. But then there's this one Grecian urn. Oh yeah, you place that out right there in You're the like, oh, nice urn. <laughs> it's just it's like kinda of covered in grass and moss like it's been there for a while, but there's literally nothing else around it. It's just one Grecian urn. It's just thrown there because hey guess what guys? There's some Greco Roman aspects here. And that just it was just it stood out so much because there's literally nothing and even like everything else around them that would be a carrying vessel type is nothing even reminiscent of a Grecian no. urn. But then you go to the courtroom, and all of a sudden the urn makes a little bit more sense, because then you can definitely see some more uh, of that aesthetic design, oh, yeah. design type, architecture. There so go, they walk in, and they're almost immediately ambushed by locals. With these weird, like, crossbow slings. Those, um, um, those are actually a real type of weapon. 
Yeah, I figured. They're um, really interesting looking. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called, but they're ba- yeah, obviously just basically just slingshots. Yeah, but, um, they're... but they're like crossbow versions of slingshots. Well, from what I remember, I should have looked this up, but from what I remember, <laughs> I think it was a dude to a rabbit hole one day that I learned this, thanks to Redwall. Oh, <laughs> I, yes! But uh, from what I remember, they were made out of, they, they could only be made out of a specific type of wood that could handle the massive strain, uh-huh. and they used something that was kind of like rubber, but wasn't rubber, because rubber wasn't around yet. Yeah. Anyway, they were they were powerful. Like, a rock from that, they were purposely, like, sharpened. If The whole point was that you didn't just kill somebody with that, you obliterated their eye socket with that. And they had <laughs> those right up in people's faces. Which, that part annoys me, because that those are long-range weapons. Yeah, they are. Up close... The chance it, it wouldn't have it would the hurt. moment to get that inertia yeah, going. It would hurt definitely, but you wouldn't be able to do nearly as much damage. So no. it was like not nearly as effective right there. <laughs> Whatever works for us, you yeah. know. Uh, so they get ambushed by locals. There's the whole part where the rest of the team pull up their guns and everything. Which you know, and uh, Jack does. Hey Daniel, can you find a language <laughs> again? Hey Daniel, can you find a language that they can understand? And the person already understand because he already speaks English. Right, naturally. But he basically is like, hey, can you let them know that we don't mean any harm and we're not part of the gold, we're humans like them, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then the guy who's standing directly across from him goes, yeah, you don't mean any harm, you've got a weapon in your hand. And Jack's like, so do you! Jack's <laughs> extremely monotone, deadpan response of, so do you. I know! Like, we are staring each other eye to eye with weapons. Yeah. We're using sights to look at each other. Then <laughs> they, like, slowly let down their weapons at the same time, and uh, the guy starts going through the group, checking that to see how dangerous they are, and he's fine with everyone else, and then he gets to Teal'c, and of course there's the, oh no, Jaffa! Oh no, Jaffa! But it's worse! Because not only does he recognize it Teal'c as a Jaffa, he recognizes Teal'c himself. So it's funny. Some could look at this and immediately think like it's a bit of a flaw that, oh, the happenstance, you know, that like, he happens to recognize him. But one thing we've always noticed about these worlds they go to is it's always pretty small populations. Yeah. It makes complete plausible sense that this is somebody who would recognize him, not just because like he's been there before, but because there's probably, like, what, a few hundred people on that planet? Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance they've all seen him, and it's a very good chance that somebody who was there that day when that bad thing happened, that he would still be there and still in that. Yeah. It's, there's very little to indicate that he would have traveled away or that there's more people coming in. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of like it when it makes complete sense that he would remember. Yeah, no, it, well, and also because it was a dramatic moment. Right, but that's the thing is that it wasn't just because it was dramatic. It's also just because small population, it just it really works out mm-hmm. with all the details, and that's just a Stargate thing I like. <laughs> I think it's very telling that in the flashback, before Teal'c... Oh, so basically, he recognizes Teal'c because Teal'c killed his dad. Thank God they didn't put it the... They didn't say it the way everyone else always says it. This is the man who killed my father. Like, they say it, but they they change the dialogue just a yeah. little. Yeah, this guy is, um... This guy's clearly done, like, a lot of extra work, but he's very good in this. No, I call them perpetual extras. I've seen him in a million things. He's suitably subtle in moments mm-hmm. that he needs to be. I've seen him in other Stargate episodes, too, so they clearly liked him, too. Oh, yeah. But what I was going to say is I like that uh, when we get to the flashbacks, we see that when Teal'c is given the initial order to kill him, his mask is totally up. Mm-hmm. But Teal'c makes a point of looking the man in the face before right. killing like, him. If you're going to so kill the person. Mm-hmm. And Teal'c would have been fine. None of this episode would happen if Teal could kept that disconnect, but that's not who Teal is as a person. Mm-hmm. Of course not. No. That's one thing I really, really, really have to commend this episode for, is some of the main themes are obviously like, you know, justice, obviously. Yeah. That one's a little more ham-handed because you oh, have yeah. to. Uh-huh. But the idea, the concept of honor, honor is never really, they never say anything directly relating to it. 
But that is an honor. Oh, yeah. And it's constantly brought back in various scenes throughout the episode that prove honor versus dishonor, you know, Mm -hmm. the the right thing to do. Even in time of war, there are certain things you do. Yeah. If if you have to kill somebody, the least you can do is look them in the eye. Yep. It's a weird time to make a human connection, but it is a time to make a human connection. (laughs) Uh, So this guy's like, furious and is ready to kill Teal right then and there, but one of the other villagers is like, dude, that, that's against our rules. You have to put him through trial. The, it's against the mandates, and that's actually a great line, because the guy goes, he is not Bursa, he does not, the mandates don't apply, and my first immediate thought was, okay, cool, so you're definitely Roman. So they're not Roman. a Roman citizen. So you're definitely Roman, because that, that was the big thing, is Romans could not crucify Romans according to Roman law. That was one thing that I yeah, love to judge the Romans for, is that Roman law only applied to Romans, mm-hmm. so everybody else was fair game, and that's just a really cute little way of being able to just get away with murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, I enjoyed him saying that, because then everybody was going like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> we so may be descended from the Romans, but we're not Romans. <laughs> so they insist that Teal has to go through a trial, and Teal <laughs> does not resist being arrested, because he... I think they make a point of Teal does not recognize this guy yet, but he knows that he's done enough garbage in his past. And he definitely remembers this planet being yeah, a problem he, for he him. Yeah, he 100% remembers this planet, because you could see, you saw that in his face when he recognized this planet. Oh yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, I recognize it, it was, oh shit, I recognize mm-hmm. this. So they get him sent into the jail cell. Yeah, the little uh, in-house jail cell. And I don't even remember what leads to this anymore, but... What what leads to Jack having that little snide comment to, oh, to Daniel? So they're, they're, they have him in the jail cell, and uh, the team is trying Jack to talk to him about, like, hey, do you remember what this guy's talking yeah. about? Yeah. Do you know what he's, what's going right. on? And Jack and says, like, no, I don't remember this yeah. guy. And Jack immediately, as Jack does, kind of just immediately jumps to, like, the worst conclusion. So this is a bad place. This is a bad room. I don't know what the hell this Korai thing is he has to go through, but this is not going to be good. We're getting out of here. And Daniel goes, well, it doesn't necessarily be a, mean a bad thing. This could be a religious element, a religious ceremony. A Korai could just be religious. And that's when Dan- Jack just stops and goes, why does it always have to be religious with you? Because <laughs> he's the archaeologist, and that's kind of like a thing archaeologists know. <laughs> the anthropologist. <laughs> I was like, that's one thing that archaeology definitely has a lot of is... Most ancient cultures, at some point... The mythology element. Exactly. It's one thing that humans have consistently done, which is, I don't understand this, must be a god. So religion is a huge element of who we are as a, as a people. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't change culture to culture. It's just what form that takes changes. So, I love the line, because that is, that is the ex- exasperation of a man who understands why, but doesn't like it. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Tilk has not been put in the jail cell yet. He's just being, like, uh, restrained. Restrained. There we go. And they're, like talking in a corner about how to deal with it. Jack's basically like, okay, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. This place isn't... <laughs> Fuck this. This place isn't a good place for us to stay. We're all gonna leave. And then Daniel says the whole thing about, oh, Korai just could be like a religious... Th- blah, blah, blah. That whole thing. Right, right. Because then they come outside and the elder yeah, the, shows the, up. Yeah, the chick. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the other chick. The first chick. There's two chicks. The elder is brought to meet them. And she basically says, you are free to leave. <laughs> you may go. You may go. And he's like, oh, cool and Jan- daniel's like well we'd like to stick around and like talk and blah 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 she's like you may go which is <laughs> no. just like get the fuck out <laughs> i do like how she literally just adds one word because first she says you may go and then they you know jackson says thing and daniel goes well maybe you can left us too and then she stops you may go now <laughs> which is like no you're we're letting you leave 
leave. <laughs> guys, how do you not understand the artful dismissal? That was a very artful dismissal. Because it was very respectful. Daniel. Right. It was very respectful, but that was definitely a person going, leave. But Jack's like, okay, cool, let's leave. And he's like, okay, Teal'c, and they're like, no, no, Teal'c stays here. Teal'c has to go through the Korai. And I think Jack might have a problem with that. Yeah, just a little bit of what? Oh, I do love that they, um, Daniel does a little bit of uh, translating about how what they call the Stargate. Oh, and yeah. And basically the translates to Circle of Woes. Mm-hmm. It's very telling. It's very telling. That's right, because after they get there, Tilt goes, I know this place. And he says that they were regularly harvested people yeah. from here. What I love is it's, you know, called Cortago, which is literally Latin for Carthage, which was the uh, ancient rival mm-hmm. empire to Rome, which Rome, not not kindly, <laughs> smashed to smithereens and, you know, yeah. absorbed in as they as they did. Because they, again, have a moment where Daniel, right before this scene we're talking about, Daniel talks about how there's two different root languages. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a great allusion to the Greco-Roman style yeah. mm-hmm. of two roots, because there, there were two, but now there's a lot of yeah, One and, got and, eaten by yeah. the other. And these people were, are probably descended from Carth- uh, Carthage- Carthagians. Carth- however the hell you call the people who lived in Carthage. They call them Bursa in this. Sure. Which I learned Bursa was the name of a citadel. In Carthage. I just like the Circa Cocona was an actual Latin phrase for Circle of Woes. Yeah. Like, it translates great. That was my long-winded way of saying I like how they call it that. Yeah. In perfect Latin. Yeah, I love it. So, the guy confronts Teal'c again and says, so you don't remember me? And so it's like, no. No, no. Random person, I do not. It's been quite some time since I've been here and you were a child. And then he holds up an old walking stick in front of Teal'c's face and says, do you remember this? Teal'c does... Christopher Judge does an excellent PTSD flashback face oh, yeah. right there of just instant recognition, just instantly. You can just see the PTSD happening of just time did not exist And then anymore. we get a flashback of him shooting an old man with no with uh, missing one leg uh, who's using that walking stick mm-hmm. to stand up. And holding out a hand. Yeah. Like, almost, and from a first appearance, it looks like, like it's in begging, supplication. Yeah. That's that supplication mm-hmm. of, please. And so Tilk's like, and I don't think the, I don't think Teal even says something at this point, but the guy can just see in his face that <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, you do." Yeah, there it is. Uh-huh. I like I like how he completely overlooks the pain that's obviously on Teal's face well, too. That's um, I mean, this episode is very good about um, picking and choosing what you see and care about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what this whole thing is about. Like every time we go back to the flashback, you see a little bit more, yeah. and you see more of the reason behind it, and also the fact that there's just when. You experience a trauma or you're dealing with grief, you're going to be blind to oh, other people. You have a filter. Yeah. You have a filter, 100%. He is filtering out the fact that the man he hates looks pretty conflicted about what happened. <laughs> uh, so this is when Tilt gets taken to the jail cell. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jack is already talking about how they're going to break him out with force. And Sam and um, Daniel are both like, mm, Jack, I don't know about that. <laughs> One thing I actually really enjoy, I just realized, it's like something we hear about a lot today, is people who, like, get arrested without, like, any due cause. You can't actually arrest somebody until you have a, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a reason. You have to have a, the law says you have to have a reason to arrest somebody. Like a charge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tilk, it was in that uh, temple, the guy recognized him, said his piece, and then they didn't immediately take Tilk away. They let him walk around be- until the guy comes back and makes his formal accusation. When and the elder there. Yeah. This, this, they, th- he did make a point before he left that he's like, um... I will take you to meet the elder. Yeah. And then Jack said, oh, I've always wanted to do that. Right. <laughs> but I enjoy that this, this culture actually seems to understand that this thing called due process, where you can't just t- grab somebody and hold them uh-huh. without, pro- you know, without, without provocation, or, or in this case, a charge. Yeah. So I like how he, was, he what, looks, goes and grabs his evidence and then makes his formal accusation, and that's what al- that allows them to arrest Tilk. Yep. 
I just appreciated <laughs> that attention to detail. Yeah, so the other two are resistant to fighting Teal'c's way out, and Teal'c himself says, I will not leave. I'm going to stay here for this trial. It's great, because they keep talking about in this episode about the guy, well, you clearly have, you know, you already know the answer here. You've already determined. You've already made your choice. Yeah, you've already made your choice. And I like how it's paralleled by Teal'c immediately making his choice to stay here. Yeah. He, he wants to atone, and he's just already decided that he's going to stay. Exactly. <laughs> Because he makes a point of that even if Jack broke him out, he would not leave with Jack. Mm -hmm. He has to stay here and go through the process Mm -hmm. and pay his dues for what he did. I like how he phrases it as, we have to be respectful for it. It has nothing to do with that. He just wants to pay. He Mm -hmm. feels bad. He wants to pay. But Jack (laughs) makes a good point of being like, we don't know how this culture works. uh, Because Daniel's like, well, they say that there's a trial, you know? We can go through the trial and defend him. Jack's like, we don't know how this culture works. For all we know, trial here means cutting his head off. Which is why I always think of the walk, Don't Walk on the Grass episode of Star Trek. Exactly. It's how you just don't know enough. Yeah. I feel like there should be there needs to be a new sci fi type show that literally just deals with like the the, uh, the all the shit that people don't ever apparently want to talk about. Like every time somebody goes to a planet, the show is literally only the moments where the first visitor to a planet goes, Okay, so before we ever do any kind of communication, what are your laws? Here are our laws. Okay. Yeah, is, exactly. there, is there clashing? <laughs> get, that, get that worked out. Get the boring shit done first. But because they never do that in no. anything. Because that's where you get your conflict for the exactly. episode. Like the uh, Orville episode with the birthdays. birthdays, yeah. But I just, I would love this incredibly boring show that it's, their entire premise is literally just dealing with the fine details, and then there'd be no conflict. <laughs> Some people would like that show. <laughs> right. Or I want, a, I want a culture that signs everything. <laughs> like, there are tons of signs everywhere. You can't walk without hitting a sign there that says, go. this is sidewalk is for this one thing only. Do not walk on the grass. There's an episode of Star Trek Enterprise where they get in trouble because uh, Porthos, the dog, um, the captain brings them down for one of their cultural visits, yeah. and it's a whole story there that I'm not going to get into because <laughs> I don't want to edit that out, but they go down and pour those peas on a, what turns out to be a sacred tree. Of course. And it's like, first off, why the hell did you bring your animal down? But also, why didn't you put a sign out for your sacred tree? <laughs> how the hell are visitors supposed to know? So yeah, how would you know if no, you don't... Exactly. It, it, this is a really, this is going to sound like a stupid sentence, but how would you know if you don't know? <laughs> I don't remember why they leave the room. It wasn't for anything important, but when they come back, there's a woman there who's ready to, uh, they they figure out, oh, she must be, like, Teal's defense counsel, because she says that she's the Jaffa's voice. She is there to hear his pekave, which basically which translates to a confession. Um, it's actually Italian for sin. Explains her Italian accent a little. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're like, well... How can you be here for his confession? You don't even know if he's guilty. You, you know, that's not how this works. Which, once again, brings me back to what I kept saying during the episode. I genuinely think that she was just meant to be the metaphor of, uh, of like, a Roman Catholic nun. Because she had the headdress of a nun. Oh, she she's was there, there for, confession. for his confession. Yeah. She was there to, like... She's the abs- um, absolution, the guilt. Usher his... Yeah, yeah. the absolution of guilt. That's that's what I... Yeah. Like I said, the whole, her entire character was clearly meant to be some sort of representation of oh, Catholicism, mm-hmm. Roman, specifically Roman, Roman Catholicism yeah. in this, which I, I, I get, um, I, I, I'm down for that, and I, I think that's why she put on an Italian accent for it, because the actor is not Italian. And it's the only Italian accent in this entire <laughs> planet. Once again, one person on this entire Every planet. Every planet has one, one person, person with, with an accent. accent. <laughs> but yeah, but she makes a point of, uh, she has a line 
that's very pointed about how this world operates, where she says, if he were not guilty, there would be no Korai. Like, that's almost what brings about a court system. That's, you're so close to understanding what judicial systems are. But I do are. love that uh, t- uh, Jack tries to argue the whole, haven't you ever heard of innocent until proven guilty? And Daniel's to point out, that's not common. I also love the allusion there, too, because he asked that of a nun. I know! Like, the whole point of religion that is you're that we're born we, guilty. Exactly. Jesus died for our sins. We are all sinners until we're absolved of guilt. So he's asking a nun, have you ever heard of an innocent until guilty? Which I love. That's great. That is such a check mark. It says something very much about Jack, too. The writer of this episode understands things. He's probably like me. He was probably raised in a religious environment and does not care for it now. So Jack basically says, we're we're not going to use you. I'll be his voice. And like, basically tells her to fuck off. I'm sorry, but we don't need a nun for this. (laughs) Yeah. And then I love that Sam and Daniel rightly call him out for not being diplomatic. Uh Uh-huh. They're just, like, giving him the most doubtful looks, like, Jack, are you sure? Are you sure about this? I tell you, this whole episode is, is, is an allegory for, like, eye for an eye. Yeah. They're like, no, that's absolutely what it is. We're not doing eye for an eye, guys. We're trying to do an actual judicial system, and you guys are so close to having one. <laughs> but uh, I love that the third degree from uh, Daniel and Sam, it, Jack's like, fine, we'll all defend him. <laughs> I can't argue with the fact that he's not diplomatic. I would be down for our court system having not just one representative, but actually like a group of people. Mm-hmm. Like, great, I know it's like what witnesses are, so and, and that's basically what they're doing here. Oh, These yeah. representatives aren't really representatives; they're just witnesses Speaking for him. But I like the idea of it because it's like you need a group of people to understand all different ways of one person because everybody has a different perspective. So everyone's going to notice certain things Absolutely. differently. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have a lot in common, because if you know he's a good guy, you don't need to like, give reasons for why you yeah. say he's a good guy. But they do give examples from different perspectives. What's nice about the trial is that it opens up with the son, the accuser, uh, walking up to Teal'c and actually, like, bowing his head a little bit and apologizing for his initial anger and... His, like, disrespect. Right. His di- well, he, his anger and his, his desire to do violence on yeah. Teal'c. Because he hadn't And he been says accused. that it was disrespectful to the process. Mm-hmm. Again, so close to understanding mm-hmm. what a court actually is. <laughs> and he asks Teal'c for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Which Teal'c doesn't even hesitate. Right. Again, really terrific because somebody, somebody involved in this process in this episode has an understanding of what Roman law was like mm-hmm. because that's what like the Roman senators used to do was it was if you were Roman you they were all about presentation yeah. and, and it was all about you could not talk to a person unless you were on equal footing mm-hmm. and you couldn't be on equal footing if anybody was offended yeah no biting your thumbs at each other no. it was it was respect it was a little deranged but it was yeah. respect and they they took the law really seriously when they chose to apply it mm-hmm. <laughs> So this guy is when they chose. This guy is basically like a Roman senator or a Roman lawyer, you know, going up and being okay. So make sure first we're on the same foot footing, mm-hmm. we're on the same page here. And that was I just oh, Rome was a terrible place, but it yeah. had some cool shit. And yeah. I love how they really integrated a lot of those elements into this. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. Whole thing. There's a lot of attention to detail in this episode. Right. It's honestly, and I'm really glad they didn't do the toga thing. But the, honestly, the only thing this thing was missing was some togas. <laughs> True. Um, and it's funny because he does that and Jack's like, oh, this this bodes well. <laughs> that was a nice little background sound. I can't even slightly move without knocking something over. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he's like, oh, that, this bodes well. This 
is going well. And then the guy just turns around and says, okay, now it's time for me to lead this car <laughs> This I, I'm, I'm a little appalled at myself for not remembering this, but I, uh, I'm pretty damn sure that in the you know ancient Rome that the accuser was not the same person who led the trial. But I like how they don't even slightly understand the problem with having the accuser be the prosecuting attorney. <laughs> yeah, because Jack does, like, the, the cliche objection. And everyone in the courtroom's looking at him like, what? <laughs> like, the matron of this, matriarch of this place is, is in, like, the judge position. Mm-hmm. And she gives, like, this golden talk stick. It's basically a talking stick to this guy. Because as soon as he's holding it, he, you know, starts, you know, doing this whole thing. But there's no real judicial system at play at, at this moment. And then Dan, uh, Jack says his uh, whole thing. And the guy just stares at him. He's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you objecting to? We're just here to... This isn't a, actually a court. This is us saying, this guy is bad. We're going to spell out why he's bad. And mm-hmm. it ends with him dying. So basically, it's a Nuremberg trial. Just realized that's what that was. There you go. Granted, most of those people were bad. But yeah. we kind of went into most of those Nuremberg trials kind of knowing these were SS guys and they yeah. were going to die. <laughs> it was more about the formality than anything. And so... Sorry. <laughs> I distracted you with the talking stick. Yeah. He did. How dare you with the talking stick. And I'm... Did he ask Teal'c explicitly if he remembers that one? But, oh, wait, yes! Okay, yes, I know what happens now. There you go. So, they shut Jack up about the whole objection thing. Is that the part where they mention that they don't actually uh, understand what impartiality is? Yeah, oh, yes, okay, they cool. have that whole part. I didn't write a note about that. But basically, he's like, no, the person who leads should be impartial. <laughs> and they're like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't come into this already having an opinion on, on whether he's innocent or guilty. Jack, Jack says his thing. The guy says, you know, what, what is that? And that's when Jack just immediately defers to Daniel. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel please, can please you explain? This, please. And Daniel says the whole thing out. It means you haven't already formed an opinion about whether he's innocent or guilty. I love how the guys immediately just... How can a person not have an opinion? Okay, fair point. However, not applicable to this no, situation. you can have an opinion, but still be impartial. The whole point is, dude, that you're... Uh, we're, we're pointing out that you need to recuse yourself because your opinion directly influences the um, ending of this mm-hmm. core I. The person of impartiality needs to be the person who's deciding. Yeah. Because otherwise, how are you sure the person you're deciding for is getting the fair sentence? This isn't... Click, okay. But <laughs> I just... It annoys me because he says, how does the person not have an opinion? Mm-hmm. And then they just don't answer that. Like, why <laughs> they originally brought up their issue. Yeah. I mean, on on the other hand, they're in a foreign place. They don't have much standing to affect their their uh, patterns right. of tradition. Plus, there was no way for that, that conversation to continue without that episode just stalling hardcore yeah. for some, from some oh, it's massive like I said, exposition. Like, it's <laughs> like I said, if we hadn't had the major um, coincidence at the end of this episode, it would have had to have been a two-parter to deal with this. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm annoyed that they gloss over why impartiality is actually yeah. effective, but at the same time, I, I get why they, they couldn't really do anything mm-hmm. else. But then he talks to Teal'c, and it ends with Teal'c admitting that yes, he he did kill that guy's dad. Again, this is uh, this is the only flaw I have is that their whole point here is that this guy's accusing of murdering his father. <laughs> Everyone knows that Teal'c already they already know that, that Teal killed the guy. And they don't. They nobody knows well, that okay, except for him. Sorry, let me rephrase. Teal'c knows. And this guy knows. Yeah, it begs the que- it begs the, um, the question of is a core eye really have anything to do with as um, with um, determining guilt so much? No, I think it's more of a sentence. Sentencing. Exactly, it's more of just the formality yeah. of getting the, um, the 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 whatever whatever across. My whole thing is that it's, it's a bit of a flaw when if you already know you're doing a formality 
and you literally have no intention of listening to dissuading arguments because your whole thing is that the accuser well, is the one who leads. The thing <laughs> is, it has it's the Korai clearly has nothing to do with defending guilt or innocence at all because of that one nun lady saying if he were not guilty there would not be yeah. a Korai. The Korai is not our version of a trial. Yeah, I guess what I should say, let me rephrase. The flaw for me in this is why do these people, good, it's nice that they do, but it's funny to me that they even allow SG-1 to have any presence in this Korai, considering how they're clearly on a different page. Like, they're they're trying to defend, they're trying to get a different outcome for Teal. Mm-hmm. And they talk in the beginning, they say the Korai, the outcome of this, when he, if you know, if guilty, he dies. So they kind of present it as if there's a chance there won't be, even though they know there isn't. Yeah. And are, for some reason, allowing these foreigners who don't understand this concept to do their thing anyway. I'm wondering if they're do, they're allowing SG-1 to be involved in the hopes of getting SG-1 to see their side. Maybe, and maybe that way there won't be like any retribution if they kill yeah. a team member. Sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe it isn't a flaw Because they can all. definitely just, tell that Jack is not happy about this. It's, you know, it might just be that I'm having a hard time with this because we understand, like, how logic works. Yeah. And this is clearly a system based on more emotional aspects yeah. mm-hmm. and less to do with logic. And that's explainable by human nature. Yeah. I understand that. But we understand that there's a problem here, so I'm having a hard time looking at it through the correct lens, mm-hmm. I think. And I just, all I'm noticing is that but that doesn't make sense. But that's the point. But that's that the whole make point sense. of this episode. But it, doesn't, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know, that's the point. Okay, I, I I hear you, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's all my brain is doing. But yeah, so he, um, but no, the point is that nobody knew except for Teal and right, this right, guy, right, right. because after Teal uh, confirms that he did indeed kill this guy's father, they have like a recess or whatever, <laughs> quote unquote, which, and Jack immediately turns on Teal and goes, why didn't you tell me about this before you told the entire courtroom? <laughs> And Tilk's point is very valid, which is, I wasn't intending for this to end any other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I I accept my guilt. Yeah. And then they have this, which well, obviously I'll let you, you know, explain most of it, but this entire following scene is a beautiful way of bringing to light the philosophical gray area conversation that most people at some point have had of, where do you draw the line between mm-hmm. following orders and doing yeah. the right thing? Yeah, because T- uh, Jack and where immediately... where does guilt lie? Teal says, you know, oh, Apophis said I had to kill one of them or they would all die, blah, blah, blah. He lays out exactly what the main scenario was for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lay down the um, the underlying yeah, issues. Yeah, there's, there's no lead Because up, that no comes background. in later mm-hmm. when Daniel figures it out. And honestly, because, it makes sense. Which says a lot about uh, Teal that he's not even trying to defend exactly. why it, he decided to do this. It says a lot about the whole this. thing that Teal is just... Teal he's just laying down white. what happened. Black and white, he was told to do mm-hmm. something and he did it. Yeah, and, and so Jack guilt. immediately says, well, so you were following orders. And Teal's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Which a lot of people would agree with. <laughs> but um, I don't think I have the exact wording for this, but I thought the next thing that uh, Jack said, because Jack obviously feels very passionately about this, which makes sense considering <laughs> his career. Mm-hmm. And he makes a point of when he's talking to, to Teal about this, he says, you and I both know that the whole concept of the chain of command undermines the idea of free will. Hell yeah. And that was so eloquent. Yeah. Whoever wrote that, that line of dialogue specifically, I'm guessing it was Astol, but it's a really good line. That's, that's why I that's had to write it very down. Very clear understanding of what it is to be in the military. And mm-hmm. that's the function of military. Is It's not about discussing. No. It's about you just making do decisions. what you were told. Yeah. If a military is, is present, there's a, probably a reason. And in a military situation, you can't hesitate exactly. by asking questions. Exactly. You can't. 
that's why, of course, it always brings back to, you know, following orders. People always immediately kind of think of, like, SS guards, mm-hmm. you know, the Nazis. Like, for example, in the concentration camps, there were plenty of times you could there stop was, and oh, think. There was plenty of time, yeah. Like, I won't blame an SS soldier on the front line shooting at somebody. No, no. Because you're a soldier. That's just what you're doing. But the camps are different. The, the camps are different. And Jack, again, nothing's really over-explained, and I love yeah. that. Jack's whole point here is, it's not about free will. It's about you had to do something in that situation mm-hmm. right then and there. And, and you didn't have much yeah. time to make a decision. Uh-huh. And you all you knew was that you were given an order. And that there were, would be consequences if you did not follow that order. Um, but Teal'c's basically standing firm. He's like, no, I, I'm not going to fight their decisions on this. I don't, I don't want you to break me out. I don't want to, I want this to go through. And, uh, he actually gets really passionate about it and has, just does like that really deep, fierce voice. Um, seriously, his voice is already deep by nature. Mm -hmm. He gains such depth with his, like, almost shouting Mm because he's getting so emotional with it. He's, it does not matter. I did this thing. And then Jack comes back with, like, this hissing kind of voice. He's so biting. It's so good. It's like, literally, the words are really good contrast. Basically, Jack's like, I'm not giving up on you. I will not be leaving you here. You can feel the word slicing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Slicing the air between them it was it was the most visual i've ever heard words be. oh yeah it's it was a weird a, sentence it was but a it's wonderful contrast in the way they were speaking yeah. uh but the team basically decides tilks admitted that he was guilty <laughs> so their only defense at this point is to point out how much he's changed yeah which again that's where i start to get annoyed again because that's something that people like do today in trials which is, well, it's not about whether or not he did this thing. It's about whether or not he's a good person now. I would, it's like, they're trying to assume, they're trying to determine if there was guilt at that moment. <laughs> I would I would argue that, again, the Korai has nothing oh, to do yeah, with determining yeah. guilt at that moment. Oh, you're talking about, like, yeah, our trial. Yeah. But in this case, it actually works, because, again, the Korai isn't about determining guilt. Right. It's about determining, like, the punishment. Yeah. And that's why they're trying to, they're trying to get, um... Perspective. You know, where you're you're trying to limit the sentence. Yeah. Like, look, this person right. isn't a flight risk. Right. Isn't, you know, that kind right. of thing. And they're explaining that he didn't do this thing because he wanted yeah. to. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't about choice. And that does determine a lot of guilt in a sentencing, for, in this particular situation. Yeah. Because this is accuser saying, you killed my father. And they're going, yeah, because I had to. Mm-hmm. Which does change how things, you know, look. I just absolutely can't stand when people use... In our types of courts. Yeah, yeah, which is this, of course, is you can't help but see this from an outside perspective, and it just bugs the crap out of me when Daniel's going, but he said all these things, and it's like, again, they're trying to determine guilt for this. I understand what you're trying, it's just like, it's like today when they're like, okay, yes, he did this thing, but he's also a good person now. He's like, he's a pillar of the community, and they're like, but, but he, he did mm-hmm. this thing. Well, that's not the point. It actually is. This is, this is a court. That actually is the point of this, so thank you for your remarks. Guilty. Moving on. <laughs> Except they already know he's guilty. Exactly. Um, but I I almost feel like the next thing they do is a huge misstep. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Hmm. The fact that they bring Daniel up and have him talk about Teal stealing his wife. I love it. I think it's a great step. I just... Because cause that's, that's what... Shit. That's my notes on it, too, is um, uh, la la la. It's all about distinction. Because mm-hmm. Jack asks him, so your wife was taken. Yeah, so she's a ghoul now. And Daniel says, no, she's, she's, a, she's inhabited by yeah. one. It's the point of the difference between being a gold and being inhabited by one, being a gold and having to okay. follow one. Yeah, no, that that distinction there was really good. But, like, there are two parts of this, them sitting Daniel down and having him tell his side that bother me. Right. A, making Daniel go through talking about that, because he's clearly not enjoying it. Well, yeah. B, these people have already decided Teal'c is guilty. 
giving them another example of Teal'c doing something inhumane to another person. Right. The thing is, they don't listen to any of Daniel's defense afterwards or about the whole distinction. of The son settles entirely on, so he also did this to right. your wife. But it's not a misstep because they were trying to no, point no, out I, yeah, with the logic of... I get of, what they were yeah. trying so to do, but it doesn't work in this situation. It doesn't work, but I see why they tried, so I don't think it's a misstep. Because like, a misstep would be that there's no reason for them to have tried. Was mm-hmm. it a mistake? No, because there was a chance it would work, and that was what they were going for. That's the whole point of an argument. See, I'm just wondering <laughs> if it didn't hurt them more. I don't think so. Specifically because, for like a moment, you can listen, you can hear them listening, see them listening, mm-hmm. hear, you can see them listening to Daniel, and Daniel is presenting the idea that you don't just have to have a goal in you to yeah. be controlled by one. And I do understand why they thought Daniel would be a great opening, because he's also someone who suffered mm-hmm. from Teal's... So his words would weigh more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's someone who even admitted that he did not like Teal'c at first and he wanted to hate him, but that he's close friends with right. him now, and he under- he sees who Teal'c is as a person. Right, and understands so that he get didn't that. do this there's thing, just, everyone There's just rough aspects oh, to yeah. it. No, it definitely did not help them as much no. as they wanted to, but it definitely was the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Think. So I don't think it was a misstep. Yeah, a misstep wasn't the right word. It's just, it didn't help. <laughs> it definitely did not help, but, you know, they tried. <laughs> um, And then Sam gets Teal'c to share the story of his, his final rebellion against the Papas, where he, you know, turned on... No, not final, first. Wait, first. This, this whole thing is a rebellion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say initial, and then for some reason it was the yeah, final. Initial's good. Yeah, his initial rebellion. His, his the, initial the, rebellion on the office. The, yeah. The, the, the final straw. Mm-hmm. And of course, this guy, again, doesn't want to see any sort of logic. Just, so he's like, so why didn't he do that for our people? And then they point out, like, because it wouldn't have helped. I have Daniel, Daniel's the voice of reason there going, because th- it doesn't work like that? Because <laughs> even if he had managed to defeat all of them, more gold would have come for you. And ultimately, the if they had, if he had tried to do that here, without any of the same resources or anything that he had at that moment, he would have died, and then you all would have died. Exactly. The net result would have actually been worse. But the the goal that he was ha- had would not only would the goal have not have been achieved, but so much worse would have happened, and so it would have been extra effort. It would have been stupid. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah, it's no. just, it would have been stupid and pointless. There we go. Pointless. It would have been pointless. And Daniel points says that in a very Good yeah, yeah. way. The guy kind we of. We actually, we actually, we have we skipped a part because something Daniel learns mm-hmm. adds to the importance of his argument here. But there's another recess. Mm-hmm. They don't really explain why they're having these recesses, but whatever. They need yeah, to go out and have you. conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another recess where Daniel goes out because he, I guess he just wants to. No, actually, you know, I think Daniel just left in the middle of the court. I can see because. Um, he's having a hard time. He needs to walk yeah, for a moment. Yeah, because they, when he walks back in, it seems like it's already in session. Yeah. So I think he just walked out after his yeah, presentation. He probably had some, had some turmoil after Yeah, that for after a doing he his... He needed to take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> so he walks out and he wants to get a, a look at the village and he runs into the nun-type lady. Yeah. You know, again, you can tell the scene was kind of inserted, shoehorned in a little because... It was almost as if the writer realized that the episode needed to be longer, and so there was a following scene that they were going to have to do. And I mean, this scene is important because this is where he gets the information about the hiding. Right, right. It's completely necessary. Right, right, right. No, it makes, it, it, it doesn't make sense, but you can definitely tell the shoehorned elements of it just because of the, of the formatting of it. And by that, with the shoehorning, I mean, is that they say that, you know, he asks, and she points out the line of, because she said that we all hide, and he goes, oh, so only the slowest are taken. And then she looks so affronted by that and says... And she says, no, no. we all move as slow as yeah, our slowest. Yeah, we, we take them with us, or we all die. You know, and that's taken. when Daniel realizes he finally has a good defense. Exactly. No, see, it makes sense for the for the um, 
courtroom scene, one hundred percent. It's not a bad scene. It's not. Extra, it's not stupid. It's a. It doesn't. It's not pointless. There's nothing about it that's bad. However, you can definitely tell that part of it was shoehorned in because it directly leads to the convenience of the later scene. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that's what I meant. So Daniel comes back in. You know that. You know what? There had to have been a recess because he comes back in and he talks to Teal in the jail cell. It, I don't know. The, their funny how their the cuts with the recesses are very. I don't know whether to blame Astel or as a party for this, I don't but their recess cuts are very abrupt and not explained whatsoever. Yeah, it's funny. The Korai seems to actually be a fairly short-term process. <laughs> it's just gratuitously extended yeah. with the million different recesses. So he goes and finds Teal'c in um, the jail cell area and presents his theory about why Teal'c did what he did. Yeah. And Teal'c confirms it. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed he was missing a leg. Kind of hard to miss. <laughs> I knew that they've hidden before and managed to escape our notice entirely. And I knew that the reason we caught them this time was because this guy was too slow. I knew I had to kill one person. It seemed like the smart thing to do. And this time when we get that flashback, mm-hmm. you can tell with the wide, widened scope of the flashback, you can tell that this guy's not, like, begging for his life. He's asking Tilk to kill him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because he, he, Apophis is being very blunt about kill one of them. This guy hears it. He's like, I'm the slowest member. I'm the reason everyone got caught. If you have to kill someone, kill me. So you can see he's he's like moving towards Teal's like, pick pick me. Yeah, no, it's great. It's you know the chain is only as as strong as its weakest link, mm-hmm. and it's another great little indication of how much this this people that this uh, population planet is uh, really ruled by honor. Yeah. Because that they won't. It leave would a be dishonorable behind. in their mind to leave somebody behind. Mm-hmm. I would call it survival. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but I, I, this, this is the kind of shit that I would read about, like, people like this in the history books, because they're definitely long dead by now, if mm-hmm. they follow this philosophy. I would read about these people and go, wow, that was a really amazing thing. No wonder they're dead. <laughs> like, you look at that, you, you, in hindsight, you'd always be like, wow, that's really, that's really, you'd have respect for them, but you wouldn't even for a moment question why they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and this, you know, these people, honor is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Honor also gets you killed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Daniel's like, this is, this is a great defense. And Jack's like, that's, it's not gonna help. They've already decided he's guilty. They're going to kill him. There's no, no defense as logical as you want it to be is going to get through to these people. Of course not. And this is an emotional process, mm -hmm. not a judicial one. And so Jack's like, me and Sam are gonna go back through and we're gonna get people to come back with us. And they're like, what, so you want to like shoot him out? And Jack's like, no, I want to intimidate them with a show of force. So military aspect there. Yeah. And, but I don't remember his exact wording, but he basically says, I don't want it to come to that or something like that. Uh-huh. But the way he says it, it's clear he will go there if necessary. It's, those, his words were, you know, I don't want it to come to that. Those are the famous last words spoken by every single military presence right before people start dying. Yep. <laughs> it's cute when they say it. Because everybody there mm-hmm. knows that they don't give a shit. If they have to do it, they will. Doesn't make Daniel, da- God damn it. Doesn't make Jack a bad person. No. It very much makes him a soldier. And it definitely shows the different mentalities, the dueling mentalities of people. Like, like I would never do it that way. because, and I, But I'm also somebody who would never go into the military. Yeah, absolutely. I would never be able mm-hmm. to. I don't think like that. He definitely thinks like that. And so it makes sense. And again, doesn't make him bad. Because it has nothing to do with, like, gray area. It's not even really black and white. He's not saying I'm going to murder indiscriminately. Yeah. He's just saying, I hope it doesn't come to that. But if it does. Yeah. And if it does, it's a good thing I have all these guns with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very one-way way of looking at it. So Jack and Sam go back through. Daniel decides to uh, present his findings to the court. And that's where he does the whole thing about um, 
you know, Teal rebelling against Apophis mm-hmm. and the guy pointing out, well, he could have done it for, that's for when, us. That's when that conversation yeah. happens. And, that's and then Daniel's like, no, because even if he had succeeded, what they would have come back and they would have killed you because your father would have slowed you down. Mm-hmm. And then he point he outlines the whole reason that Teal chose that man to kill because he ha- he was missing a leg. And could not move as fast as the other as the others. It was better for the good of the many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, I, um, I definitely made a point of that. He explicitly points out that killing Teal won't bring back anybody, but keeping him alive will keep other people alive in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the guy was saying, you know, if you do this, whatever, it won't bring back my father. You know, him being a good person won't bring back my father. <laughs> it's like you like yelled at the TV. Neither would killing. Yeah, him. exactly. <laughs> good point that's a great part of this which honestly it shows that this guy is not listening to daniel because daniel Mm -hmm. laid his thing out before this guy said this Mm -hmm. daniel said killing him is not going to bring your dad back but keeping him alive will keep other people alive in the future and then that guy goes oh well just keeping him alive bring my my dad back saving people doesn't say no but daniel just pointed out neither does killing him no what is your point line because that line sums up the whole rationale of this episode which is that there is rational the for not that, that rational thinking has no place here no because it's not about rationalization mm-hmm. it's about i'm hurting because of you so i'm gonna hurt you exactly so very roman <laughs> oh 100 yeah. oh, mm-hmm. actually i should just say very human because it's not like it's Fair not enough. like we don't still do that <laughs> meanwhile back on earth when jack and sam came through like hey we need we need guns we need people can you take a moment to realize that sam definitely you know, she's obviously more of a thinking type, you know? Yeah. But she's definitely she a went along with him. She's definitely a soldier, and she can also kind of tell what da- was, Jack's mood is right now, because she, she was not fighting him. Yeah, she was not, she didn't necessarily agree with him, but she knew better than to argue with him, and I think she felt like as if she went with him, she could maybe tone him down a little right. bit. But she, a lot of the looks on her face, most of the looks were pretty much in the same vein of, not like scared, but also mm-hmm. just a little like trepidation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was not, she was kind of nervous because she could tell that Jack was also reaching that point of no rational yeah. thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, and knew that there and was so no she point to her. being there with yeah. him would help somehow. And finding him wasn't going to do anything. No. Uh, but yeah, when he first comes through, Hammond is like all for it. Like, yeah, we'll get people together, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he gets some contest. And then he finds out why. And he's like, no, no I'm not sending these people through for you. And he um, not send military intervention. Yeah, um, he says the U.S. military is not in, in, the, the, position. in, the, in the habit of interfering. It's not in the position of interfering in other cultures. Yeah. Like and then Jack just goes, since when? <laughs> I do love it because he literally stops, looks away, and like, you can see his entire body language, everything is going, did I really just hear that? Yes, I did. Okay, sorry. Since when? Yeah, exactly. But then Hammond comes back with, since the current administration. I love, I, was, I said it then, I love when shows, I totally understand when shows don't have political uh-huh. affiliations because yeah. You don't want to alienate viewers, and it's all about... Also, it dates it, too. Right. And it's, it's, a TV show is trying to tell a story. It's not yeah. trying to, you know... Some do do political mm-hmm. affiliations, but I understand they don't, and I, and I don't judge them when they decide to be a little bit, you know, careful. Absolutely. I do like it, though, when they're definitely still being careful, but kind of toe the line. So the fact that they, they purposely bring up the fact that this is the Clinton administration, and Clinton was the guy who stopped us yeah. from doing that. And for a good long while, we didn't. And then that's why a lot of people were outraged when Bush yeah. used... Uh, 9-11 as an excuse mm-hmm. to start a war. Oil to start a war. Yeah. It's, we don't do that anymore. I thought that was what, I thought we decided that we were <laughs> done doing this. Okay, I guess we're not. Nope. But Hammond 
clearly agrees with that too. Which yeah. <laughs> you can see that that's a general who was a little bit unhappy with that military perspective before that perspective, but the military stance, yeah. and now kind of likes mm-hmm. the stance of we're not doing I this. I think shit. this episode is really great. It's great timing because we could have we could have talked about the Hammond featurette last week when we did mm-hmm. Hathor, mm-hmm. but I think I like it. But we do we had so much to talk about with Hathor that mm-hmm. we didn't have time for it. But I think it works out better to talk about it for this episode mm-hmm. um, because. It really, Donna Davis's um, observations about who Hammond is as a character and the fact the, that he... His, his, his remark of a general is a general is yeah, a general. Mm-hmm. That was great. And then he sees the people, but he also sees the wider picture and that he has a position that he has to take, that he has a job he has yeah. to be doing. And that sometimes he's not happy with the decision he has to make, but it's important. Mm-hmm. And it it shows in this episode because he wouldn't, he doesn't want to leave Teal there. Yeah. But he has to make a decision that is good for this organization. And he has to make a decision that harms the fewest amount mm-hmm. of people. And that represents them as an organization. Exactly. It, there's so many if levels. If they make a name for themselves as being the kind of people who will storm a storm the gates and uh, kill less ha- advanced people bullies, against their bullies, culture, be, against yeah. their culture, that doesn't set a good precedent. So I like the fact that... Because um, they're not going to be the Roman Empire? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's good timing that we watched the feature at today, yeah. I think. No, I... In, in the vein of this episode, the Stargate right here kind of represents, like, Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Like, beyond that is not our zone. And the Romans learned a lot that Hadrian's Wall was kind of it. Because they had to retreat to that mm-hmm. a lot. The people were not happy about it. Yeah. And they, he just doesn't... But they, but they weren't concerned about not hurting people. He is. So it represents like the where the line is drawn. Absolutely. More ways than one. And he has the understanding that we're not gonna harm everybody by doing this. But most importantly, we're not gonna harm ourselves ourselves in our ability to help. Mm-hmm. If we wanna help, like we say we do, we can't do that while also fostering the image of brutes. No. <laughs> and he even points out that like by all rights, Tilk is a war criminal. His his past with the gold, he is a war criminal, and Jack does not like that, and points out he did a lot of terrible things in his time. And I'm sure people that he affected don't consider him the greatest no. person, do they? And and I like this conversation because a we get that that setting for Hammond, we get that wider scope of what he has to deal with and the decisions yeah. he has to make. But it him. also does a really good job of showing why Jack is. so so gung-ho about getting Tilk out of this because he's seeing himself in Tilk's place. Yeah, all the things he was saying to Tilk about and earlier about following orders. He's talking about himself. Exactly. Because he did black ops. Exactly. He's justifying. You know he did terrible yeah. things. He's also reminding himself that he was justified in mm-hmm. his actions because that has to be ongoing. When you're that kind of person in that kind of position, you have to be kind of constantly reminding yourself at some point, you know? That has to be an ongoing dialogue with yourself. Yeah. Is understanding Absolutely. what you did and why you did it. And you can come to your own moral conclusions without, you know, hating mm-hmm. yourself or whatever. But he definitely, that, those were the words of a man who has had this conversation with himself. Yeah. And then it comes back later in the episode to kind of bite him a little bit because Hammond's like, well, I'm going to follow my fucking order. Yeah, exactly. And, and Jack's like, fine. <laughs> so, um, meanwhile, back on Chartago? I, I have it right I, here in front of I me. I keep trying to say Carthage. It's Cortago. No, actually, it's not. It's Chartago. You were right the first time. To me, it just... It's hard when I, I as soon as I realized it was Carthage, you just started thinking of Carthage. That's yeah. all I could do. I should have. I should that's have. That's fair. Kept myself a blank slate. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sorry, Chartago. Chartago. It would have made more sense as Carthago. Yeah. Like, uh, so the they, we flash back to there, and Teal'c is being prepared for his 
death. Yep. What the Just random paint? finger painting around his pecs. <laughs> it's like, speaking of Hadrian's Wall, that was like, you know, Celtic areas. Yeah. Those paint symbols are very, very tribal Celt Pictish, honestly. The only thing missing was Wode. <laughs> I know. It was just so weird. Did you guys the swirls? Yes. I was like, this, why? This is a different cultural aspect you guys are randomly bringing into this. Okay. I think they just needed a scene dressing for his conversation with Daniel, where Daniel's trying to talk Teal'c out of this acceptance. And I like the line that Daniel has where he says, for once I agree with Jack. <laughs> for once I agree with Jack. I like how they point out that at least Daniel has some insight. Obviously he would. Yeah. But it's funny that, yeah, that's right, it's 14 episodes and Daniel, yes, of course I he's aware. I finally agree with Jack. Of course I'm aware that we never understand each other. But I do like, we still manage to play off each other just fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a great line, but it just points out that, yep, they're constantly having some friction there, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and basically he's just trying to, you know, talk Teal'c around to having some defense, like, just trying to, to fight. Yeah, yeah will to live. live. Behave like a person who wants to live. There you go. Uh, and then we flash back to SGC, where Hammond did go call the president, because Jack insisted, like, well, fine, call the president. And Hammond at first was like, no! I like how Hammond doesn't actually like, have fine. to, but doesn't Yeah, because he's, it's Jack. He's understanding also that Jack is clearly struggling yeah. with this, and so he's not doing it because he has to, he's mm-hmm. doing it to at help. this point to help. Like, it has nothing to do with his decision, it has to do with, I'm gonna help my friend a little. But yeah, so he he comes back. He's like, "No, the president said he's not going to authorize this." Shocking off. <laughs> and then Jack says, "I disagree with this decision." And Ham says, "You're allowed to disagree, but you are not allowed to take action." And that's again when Jack's face is, "That's come back to bite you now, isn't it? You have to follow <laughs> orders, don't you? Don't you? Undermine your free will there a little, isn't it?" <laughs> so he's like, "Okay, fine. I can't take you know a, a army back through, but I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to not be there for Teal." So him and, and Sam come back through, just in time to find out that in the meantime, the place has been attacked by gold. And this is where my, my brain yeah, the giant it coincidence. A that is some massive convenience. Granted, it is kind of in, implied that the, the gold that it's a regular, do visit a lot. Yeah, because yeah, he, he, Teal'c at the beginning of this episode said that they harvested this place. Yeah, and it's clear that these people have, run and, have been doing the running and hiding thing a lot. And yet, somehow, that, despite the fact they don't have any one-legged people this time, they all got caught. Probably because Probably they had because they were cell. distracted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were distracted by the freaking trial. Guys, maybe you should invest in some, uh... Maybe you know. should move away from right. the gate. Invest in some, uh, traveling equipment. <laughs> this thing called, uh, moving. They call it the Circle of Flows, and they're set up around the gate. I know, I know, I know. I know. I, I've never really understood that about all these cultures. There's ones that use like the gate for um tra- the like a only trade or something. Thing that would make mm-hmm. sense for them to be set up around there is if that is the only harvestable plot of land. If all the other land around them is like unusable, that is the only right. explanation. It's the only thing that would allow it. Weird question. Hmm. What if this is? There's nothing to support this, but. What if, because it's a circle of woes, right? Yeah. What if when they have to execute somebody through a quarry, that's what they think they're executing when they throw them through the gate? No, they, they know that the goal will come through there. Maybe it's not about executing, maybe it's just throwing them to the hands of the goal. <laughs> just like exiling, the like death by exile. I they know how to use DHD. I don't know, because there's nothing to imply that they do, but there's also nothing to imply that they don't. 
I don't think they touch something that the gold comes from. Okay, so in that case, it definitely makes no sense for them to be no. around it. I was just trying to think no, of like a link. No, I get it. There has I get it, but I don't see but them so touching. So that's so that's, 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 that's it. That's, the I, only I, explanation is that it is literally the only non-barren yeah, point. It, it was of a land. non. It was. It was a. It was not a You're strong <laughs> um, idea. It wasn't like I was heavily like, "Ooh, this is totally." What you were trying to do devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm trying to go. Could it be this? Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. So literally. There is no reason to stay no, there. Except tradition. Yep. Which this this planet is clearly weak yeah. for. I guess it's just funny to me that they seem maybe to have accepted pain and is, death as part of their life. Maybe after this episode, they moved. Maybe after this episode, they uh, finally buried the gate. Yeah. Um, all I know is that Chartago, Carthage, Carthage was also very honor-based, from what I remember, mm-hmm. in the sense that they were like the Roman. They were very they were a rival empire, and one of the reasons why they were such strong rivals is because they had a lot in common. They were both pretty uh, strict, and uh, this is what this is, and this is what this yeah. is, and you know, this this is this, and this is that. Some things are, some things are not. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, from what I remember, they were just a less strategically strong point, I think, from what I remember, like, geographically. Mm-hmm. I forgot exactly what it is, but they lost, eventually. You know, that's, they fell as an empire, and Rome took over. The whole point I'm making here is, you know, honor, um, the, what's tradition? Tradition, Jesus Christ. Tradition plays a role, but the Romans were known for, you know, thinking ahead, you know, pro- yeah. pro- they, did, they didn't discount progress mm-hmm. in the face of tradition. Yeah. Carthage did, from what I and remember. This, <laughs> and this world clearly yeah. has sort of um, slowed to a halt. Well, that, of course, you know, could be applied, uh, attributed to the fact that the gold don't only allow a lot of technological advancement. Yeah, they keep they keep pulling people out. They don't have a chance yeah. to. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Plus, you, you damn well know that they, they came to a planet and saw people making some progress that could potentially be like re- uh, resistance to them. That they would they quash would that quash shit. Quash that immediately. <laughs> so that that could be you know attributed to that. It also could be because when you stick only to tradition, you know you don't ever get past a wooden wheel. So traditionally, staying around the the, the gate does make some sense. Tradition needs to suck ass. Sorry, tradition needs to, to, to needs to go away. <laughs> tradition has its place. And if I remember, Carthage paid the price for that, and these people need to remember that. <laughs> they, uh, they don't know about Carthage. I know. I know. It's, it, it amuses me that the only people, the only uh, Carthage, Carthaginians, 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 the only Carthaginians left would, would be on another planet yeah. because they got wiped out mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> Sorry, trigger. That's a trigger for me. Is when people yeah. use tradition as a reason. My entire everything. No, I yeah. I'm going to probably edit out all of that conversation because I had no point there. So the team comes back through to find the gold have attacked this place. And they clearly did not manage to escape because there are people being running around. Herded around and everything. Yeah. Like, there's groups being herded. Yeah, through. exactly. Trying to duck away from the Jaffa. Like, not all of them have been officially caught, but they're all still staying in the town. Because, again, they will not leave people behind. Which, again... An admirable trait, if stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then we see... So they're... Sam and Jack are like hiding out of the way and trying to figure out how to how to deal with the, the did, gold. Did, did I just realize? Did the gold even notice the gate? Did they manage no. to get in at the one point where yes. nobody was? Even though there's people all around, they managed to not even hear it. That was some luck on top of that massive convenience of timing. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, man? Yeah, they come through immediately hide and no one seems to know. Well, no, because immediately they duck behind a pillar and immediately a Jaffa sees Sam's shadow. Oh, I was like, right. damn, dude, that's that's a good Jaffa. If he didn't die, give him a promotion. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's actually something a lot Make of... him the new first prime. And it's not something you see a lot either. You have people hiding and sometimes you're like, how are these people not seeing him? I was impressed yeah. by him because they literally show him, okay, you know what? I'll give him as a party this. You can see the shadow that he sees before he shoots 
I genuinely appreciate that tiny scene for what it is, which is you don't see that a lot ever. No. How often does I a good was, guy get I captured because really the bad guy sees their shadow? Yeah. How often is a bad guy actually observant? No. No, I was really impressed by that. I was like, hey, look, they paid attention to the fact that there's good bright job, sunlight Brandon Lowe and, and she's going behind this pillar and there's obviously going to be shadows. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. They, um, they did what they could. They, 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 it was not really, uh, she didn't fuck up with hiding. No. She did what she had to do and she, the only option really there for her. But sometimes. So then we see a group in hiding in the courtroom. Obviously, Teal'c's there, and he's t- got his hands tied behind his back, and, um... I think these people really don't believe in defense of any kind, because that would have been a highly defensible position, this big stone building, yeah. but they're hiding, and not even trying not to guard a doorway or anything. Well, exactly, because, um, uh, Daniel made a point of when he was like, well, why, um, when he said, when Daniel said, you know, if, even if Teal'c had succeeded, they would have come back, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, why doesn't that apply to you as well, and... Daniel says, because we have defenses you don't. No, we have technology you don't. We have And you can tell when things. he said that that it struck the guy. Yeah, he does have that face of like, huh? <laughs> like, defenses? What are those? I've never heard of those. Traditionally, we are a lay down and die type people. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, so they're all having this discussion where um, the guy basically decides, okay, we're going to have the, the old and the children, the slow people, the hide in here. Uh, and we're going to try to distract the gold so that everyone else could get away. We're going to leave them here so that when we inevitably lose, they're all fish in a barrel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my thought. But, um... <laughs> we'll just leave them here and just nowhere to go. But of course the guy's like, oh, so your friends leave and suddenly the gold attack. And Daniel's like, they went to Earth! <laughs> I liked the episode's attempt at a lampshade there. Yeah. Like, the attempting to notice that the, Yeah, we and Daniel's like, I love how Daniel's off. angry. He's like, they went to Earth! <laughs> yeah, and by the way, and the gold will come here a lot anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, those two things, while they happen to happen in similar in a, in a, in a short time frame, have literally no standing on each other. <laughs> and he tries to be like, well, they knew about our escape routes. And then it's like, yeah, because they're easy to figure out because sometimes you people are here and sometimes you are nowhere to be found. And you guys clearly follow some basic patterns. <laughs> like, these people can learn. <laughs> hmm, these mice always seem to run this one direction. Yeah. Maybe there's a goal in mind there. Also, I'm guessing these people, because like, they seem to scatter, but also kind of scatter in the same area. Yeah. There's this thing called, uh, they're called uh, uh, field trails. I think is when um a, a game trails. Basically. Oh yeah, game trails. Yeah, you can tell where this. Oh happened yeah, hundred percent. So basic erosion has happened. How much do you want to bet there's some form of that oh, going probably. on? Too? And again, if you have eyes, mm-hmm. you will notice that there are not people here, and there usually are people oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, so he's basically like, okay, the the ones who are healthy are gonna go out and distract the goals. Just no rational thoughts. And as episode. he's about to leave, Daniel's like, okay. Untie Teal, untie Teal's hands at least. He can help defend. He's very good at that. Also, he will not run away. Have you noticed that he's here still? Like he has made the point to stay. He's not going to run. He hasn't since he recognized. No, even before he recognized you. Since you accused him, he has made no effort to leave. Mm-hmm. None. The rest of us have tried to get him to leave. He will not leave. He will help defend you if you just cut his hands free. And I was like, no. And then he turns and finds like this really young kid and goes if I basically says if I die out there I want you to let it be known that I still want the Korai punishment to be enacted you think for a second like, maybe he's gonna help his people you all are about to die but you have to take a moment to make sure that your fucking petty ass revenge gets taken care of even if you die that scene just Who? reeks of everybody going priorities dude what is priorities. the point if you are dead my revenge will have taken form and serves no one 
But I like that, like, the kid, like, nods, like, okay. But then the moment some, uh, gold do break in, the kid slips Tilk a knife to break himself out. Because, which is a great little snapshot of the fact that, like, kids don't have the biases mm-hmm. and the hatred. Mm-hmm. That's all um, taught to them. Yeah, it's taught. So this kid was like, this no. is a big guy. This guy said he would help defend us. It's also not fair for him to be tied up when there's people attacking us. Here, here, here you go. As a wise sloth once said in the great movie Ice Age. Oh god. No thanks, I choose life. <laughs> <laughs> I quote that all the time because that kid was a great example of, huh, no one yeah, wants exactly. to live. Yeah, <laughs> Because mo- he was like, when when he told him, you know, honor my decision, he was like, okay, okay. Cool. And then the moment the gold will break uh, in, he slips Tilka knife. <laughs> the moment the gold will break in, here's the knife. And so Teal takes advantage of it. He breaks himself out. He punches a couple of guys. Oh no! He he uh, he cuts his hand because the new first prime appears and it's Shackle, Shackle which is a the great... guy from the guy he trained from the Knox. Yeah, I just love it when shows have continuity. Yeah, it's so great. It's a nice little nod, and of course, it makes this falling scene that much more emotionally so much more, poignant. Oh yeah, it has so much he, more meaning. He cuts through the ropes on his uh, wrists. Just in time, because Shackle's like looming over. I'm like, like the yes, I'm gonna have this revenge. The blah, blah, blah. goes yes. down and it's revealed. <laughs> and then uh, as he's lo- leaning in to like loom his pri- his uh, superiority yeah. over Teal, yeah, crap. Teal leans in with the knife and just stabs him straight in the gut. Yeah. And it just like collapses on the Teal, and Teal apologizes to him as he falls. Yeah, you can definitely tell it hurts him, but he's gonna yeah. do what he has to do. Mm-hmm. I just realized. I I want I want desperately to think that this was actually a degree of foresight on the writer's part back when they were doing like all this mm-hmm. production for the first season. What if somebody actually had the really I- cool idea of that stupid blade that Chuckle had on the Knox Yeah. Remember how I was really annoyed about that whole scene? Why it had to happen? Because it just makes it make sense. What if the whole point of that scene was to have the later parallel of, of him stabbing him and maybe <laughs> Shackle tries. That'd be nice. And it comes well, back. Well, to be fair, he does circle. stab Teal. Right. But he just doesn't stab That's why it's full circle. Yeah, no, I like it. It's the turn I hope so. I would like to believe. Fair play. I'm going to believe it. It's, it's true. If somebody told me that, I would stop. And you know what and the difference is just, in the oh, success? I would be so happy. Because Teal didn't have superiority in that moment. He was talking to him, knowing that even tied down and everything, or like, you know, asleep in the bed, he was a danger. Mm-hmm. But this guy decided Teal'c was no longer a danger, and he had that superiority over him. Mm-hmm. So Teal'c was able to react in time to not get killed by the knife, but this guy yeah. did not. And difference of um, situations, because at that, on the last planet, they had time to stop and think and try, and at that moment, it was act or die. Mm-hmm. Again, with the, this whole element here is you don't have some time, sometimes you just don't have time. Yeah. And he would have loved to have not tried to, had to kill Chuckle. Yeah. But he had to, right then, mm-hmm. because he had to disable this guy, and he's yeah. a strong soldier, as he found out, the Nox planet. Oh, yeah. He can shrug shit off. He had to die. He was not going to be turned around, he could not be saved, and there were people around him that Tilk needed to save. Yep. Enemy combatant, you need to die. Yeah. It has a great soldier moment. Yeah. And then there's another um, great teal soldier moment where, uh, so he kills Shackle, and then you can see that uh, one oh gold God. has someone captive, and then there's a group of cowering uh, people on the other side of the room, and Teal's got his staff weapon, and he's ready to shoot at this guy, but then the guy's got a body shield, but he's about to shoot these other people, so he, like, looks between the two, and he makes a decision, and he does, like, that diving sacrifice thing, but A, he 
make sure that the diving sacrifice thing doesn't catch him in like the gut or anything. Right. It gets him on like the butt. Right. <laughs> and, and then and my favorite he, part is he makes sure that if he's going to do a diving save tackle, he's going to also land on <laughs> yeah, a goal. That's, that's what I was like, I like, can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that Tilk does not do anything halfway? It's one thing to save somebody by throwing himself in front of a bullet. He chooses to not only do that, but to make but sure also that tackle someone. On the off chance that that shot kills him, he's also gonna land on some shit. He yes. lives great. If he doesn't live. At least he's still a battering ram of, of pain. The good news is the timing is perfect because just as that happens, Jack and Sam come yeah. in and yeah. and finish wiping out the rest of the gold. Yeah. So basically, the day is saved. Yeah. And um, the guy, the, the son, the accuser. Has witnessed what yeah. Teal did. It's like Hana or something. They keep saying it. They say his name a bunch, and I literally never want to yeah, pick up on it because no. it's just the, I keep calling him the pissy dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's witnessed uh, Teal's sacrifice, yeah. and so there's a good moment where he walks up as as Teal gets helped up onto his feet, and he walks up to Teal, and he just looks at him for a minute, and he goes, "I was mistaken. My memory was wrong. You're not the person that I thought you were." <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really trying to uh, have you executed because you killed my father so much as. Because you were an evil person who did this mm-hmm. thing, and now I understand that sometimes. Well, no, because the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, obviously that's his motivation. Right. But his wording is literally he's saying that oh, Teal'c yeah. is not the person oh, yeah, who yeah, killed yeah, his yeah. father. Now, everything I was because, saying was yeah, yeah, yeah. different because he was seeing a he was seeing a bad person doing mm-hmm. a bad thing, not yeah. a, not a good person in a shitty situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just love the fact that like even he knows you know what the rules are of his society. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, even if I say, oh, well, you know, I don't blame you for this anymore. You're still guilty. So what yeah. I'm going to say instead is, I was mistaken. My memory was wrong. Yeah. You're not the person I thought. And then he's like, because he points out the whole forgiveness. Yeah. He's, and you know, forgiven. Which again, <laughs> points out this core, I think, is really just more of an allegory for uh, like religion in yeah. general. Because it's absolution. It has yeah, exactly. To, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with intent or whatever. It has to do with guilt. It's, it's that last confession. Yeah, exactly. It's literally last right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I really love how this scene, this, uh, episode goes out, mm-hmm. because it's just, um, he walks away, and then you see Teal'c just standing there alone for a minute, and then his, his team just walks up to him, just quietly, and doesn't say anything, just, like, touches his shoulder, and then you see, like, a little close-up of Teal'c's face a little bit, and you can see, like, the tears in his eyes, yeah. and it's just this quiet cut, that's it, that's how the scene closes, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. That's great. You got your resolution. Mm-hmm. It happened. We don't know what's going to happen to this culture in the future, but yeah. the story that we have wrapped up. Oh yeah, and they do, they do a really good job of that. I'm my face. I know is, is implying that I'm, I'm still. Have, I just realized why uh, the guy is named Shackle. Shackles. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I hate myself for taking so long to realize that he's literally just he is literally just a walking metaphor. Oh, yeah. No, I would only think it would be better if it turned out Teal'c was like some modification of a word that meant freedom or something. Yes. <laughs> it's like shackle. Really? Uh-huh. The shackles of godhood and yeah. religion. I just, he's a loyal follower shackled to his god. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I was losing my mind a little in that moment. And this, it just killed me. So, <laughs> it's time to do our, uh, our housekeeping. Okay. Death tally. Shackles. <laughs> Anybody important? No. <laughs> no. Nobody important died. Hell, we didn't even have to deal with a near miss. No, like, she so got, got shot, shot in the butt. Yeah, I got shot in the, you know, the hip as my, uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody, one of my uncles, whatever, was like, yeah, was shot during some war. My mom kept saying he got shot in the hip. My dad one day pulled me aside and goes, that's, shot in the butt. that's adult speak for he got shot in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, good to know. Yeah. I was like eight or nine, but good life lesson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to use that in the future, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So we know that I, I get the chance to be eloquent and get, and be, uh, sorry, uh, use some subterfuge. Uh-huh. He got shot in the hip. <laughs> so, uh, Jack or Daniel? 
you know, you'd think this wouldn't be a surprise for me, but I'm genuinely surprised right now because I, uh, I forgot that I have to do this. <laughs> this entire episode was just thinking about the long-term philosophical conversation, not actually. Yeah. Huh. I actually know exactly who I am. Would you, you like me to say yeah, what leave. I'm... Yeah. Okay. So I'm definitely a Daniel in this mm-hmm. for two reasons, for mm-hmm. two big reasons. The biggest one is the argument he made um, in his final defense of Teal, where he said, killing Teal won't bring back your dad. Right, because logic has a place here, please. Because I have always very firmly been against the death penalty. Me too. No, for the express reason of that. I'm like, killing this person isn't going to bring back anybody they've killed. It's ultimately pointless. Yeah, it's a pointless endeavor. It's literally just... A long, it's just a modern-day version of eye for an eye. Yeah, exactly. So when Daniel says it's that... It's not even more cost-effective. That's what kills me about the death yeah, Oh, yeah. It's it costs, not even more cost-effective. It costs effective. less to keep someone um, alive in yeah. prison yeah, for... By the way, you know, you know there's a real punishment for, for a, a grievous crime? Having somebody be stuck in prison the rest of their oh, life. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine that? That must be some... That's a long-term punishment. That is a long-term Especially because our prison systems are garbage yeah. right now. Okay, let's, uh, let me rephrase. Let's say we're, like, in uh, Norway or something yeah. with actually, like, a legitimate prison uh-huh. system. The best punishment for that kind of shit is incarceration. Yeah. Murder Isolation. does not justify more murder. <laughs> we can define murder differently and decide that somebody accidentally like killing somebody's manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And we can decide that because a death happened, but it wasn't in the right vein, like, <laughs> that death yeah. We can punish somebody. Manslaughter you still go to prison for. Yeah. But you don't murder somebody for manslaughter. No. But because they had the intent to harm, they deserve to have us intend to harm them. But the death penalty is also intent to harm. Exactly. We... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, when he said that in the episode, I'm like, well, I'm a Daniel, clearly. Because he literally said explicitly my belief in the death penalty. Killing this person is not going to bring anybody back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it's that. And then it's also... Like, I understand where Jack is coming from oh, in this episode yeah. the entire time, but, and and I and you've heard me do it a lot in this episode discussion, I also see Daniel's side, and I really, I, I lean, I have to lean more on Daniel's side of things, where it's like, okay, but this is their culture. You can't come in you and- You can't come in and just decide for that. You can't come in mm. and place your values- on their culture. Uh, uh, uh. And that was mm-hmm. Daniel's thing mm-hmm. from the beginning. That's why Daniel was like, no, we have to try and go through mm-hmm. this trial. Mm-hmm. We have to go through their process. Mm-hmm. Because you can't come in and just not like how they do something and decide to solve it with guns. Mm-hmm. You can't just go in there and tell them they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. And not expect something. Like, we actually had this conversation once before, and I pointed out then, is that communication is a huge part of that. You have to, let's say this culture is doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, by all definitions of, like, morality or whatever is wrong, and you are somehow in the position where you can actually decide that, Mm -hmm. you still can't tell them. No. Let's say you want them to stop the practice. You can try and talk them around to it, but you cannot tell them explicitly, you're wrong, I'm right, you need to stop this. It's hard to phrase this without sounding like I'm saying you need to go in and teach them them how to be better, because that's that's not how it is. It's about (laughs) figuring out... Helping them understand that they're harming somebody, for yeah. example. Well, it's about, <laughs> or something. I think, I think <laughs> what, what's important in that case is first finding out their reasons Yeah, motivation. Yeah. Motivation's everything, really. You have to find out why they why they are doing what they are doing mm-hmm. first, and then see if there's any way to not not talk them around, but show them the other yeah. side. And, uh, explain. Give them another option. Yeah, give them, j- j- just give them... A- an attempt at perspective. Yeah. And and again, as long as it's respectful communication-wise exactly. and it's not 
it's it's a slippery slope. It is very slippery, and I understand how difficult it is. Yeah. I do not envy people who are in those positions. Yeah. So, like, in, in this episode, Daniel kind of does that. Yeah, he does Because, that. like, well, I'm going to go through the trial. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work through the trial with them. And obviously, we have different ideas of what a trial is. Yeah. But I can at least try and talk to them and explain things mm-hmm. and point these Speak parts out. Speak to them using their language. Exactly. And this is perfect for this episode. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speak their language and try. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I have to be Daniel in this episode. Yeah. For those two reasons, my answer is going to uh, um, is going to be uh, based on the answer to this question I have to uh-huh. ask. Yeah, can I be when if when we decide that we're a person, can I be Jack based on the mentality that he gains later? Yeah, sure. <laughs> because Jack later is General Jack. Yeah, he's a man who has the insight and the um, vision. More company vision of a general that mm-hmm. Hammond has, for example. Even though this entire conversation right we just had talks about how like I basically am Daniel. Yeah. Because I, a thousand times, a thousand times percentage. Oh my god, I hate people who tell me that like when I try to like for example I've had these conversations before with somebody about like a female general yeah. situation, and they, when I was trying to get to the part where I was explaining how I wish we could do things better, that person thought I was trying to say that well it's their culture it's okay it's like. I'm saying it's their culture. I'm not saying that explains. No, I'm not. When I say it explains what they're doing, I'm saying that their culture led to an outcome. Yeah. I'm not saying it's their culture. Therefore, it makes sense that they do this Mm -hmm. horrible. I'm not. I'm not assigning a morality to it. I'm not saying. I'm not making any expectations. I'm not putting. I'm not saying any of these things that you're saying. I'm literally just saying they're different than me. Yeah, exactly. And they clearly have something else going on in their mind mm-hmm. that I do. So the only way that, and let's say I'm going into the situation with the goal of having them stopping this, for yeah. example, how in the hell do I have any hope of achieving this without understanding the perspective, the other side of it? Mm-hmm. It's not about um, excusing it. There we go. It's not yeah, about... Excuse me, it was good. I had a word. I had a better one. Yeah. I'm apologizing not ex- for it. Yeah, I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not excusing it. I'm not giving them an out. I'm not letting it be okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm also saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's reprehensible, it's evil, whatever, because I don't know why they're doing yeah. it. They could be doing it with the, for the sole purpose of, of, of hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and in this situation, obviously they are kind of. Yeah. But some of them don't know that. Yeah. And ignorance does not beget guilt. No. Because some of them genuinely think that they're helping Which, these women. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to pull back to the freaking don't walk on the grass episode. Yeah. That was the whole argument right. of that episode. Yeah, ignorance does not mean correlation is not always causation, no. for example. So some of these people, the reason why we made strides in, in ending mutilation mm-hmm. is because we've helped people who thought that they were helping these women understand they aren't. Yeah. And we've helped them understand what the long-term... Uh, sorry, with the background and, you know, yeah. thought process. We weren't enlightening them. We weren't making them better people. We were, people were just communicating to other people. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is automatically, I don't like people in general. I tend to think that, you know, man's inherently evil. That's just kind of my, my go-to yeah. because we just have caused so much pain for no yeah. reason. But I understand that we have the ability to yeah. be better. Mm-hmm. And again, I would just never walk up to somebody and say, guess what? You're wrong. Bye. No, Stop. you know what? I so honestly, I, uh, I think you're... I think you're okay uh, assigning yourself to Jack because I did notice that even while we were watching it, not even just talking, but watching it, you got a lot more um, angry in the same place as Jack did than me. Seriously, because that's the thing is, 
I love like, everything. I, I, mean, I totally understood where Jack was coming from at every instance, yeah. but in when we were initially watching it, yeah. every time Jack got angry, just, you also got right. verbally angry in the same way. Yeah, my mother used to tell me I should be a lawyer because I have a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how law is written, and I hate how it's abused. Yeah. So my whole thing was that, can I be Jack in the, as long as I'm acknowledging that his decisions that he comes to in a couple of these, I would not agree with those decisions. Yeah, yeah, No, like, you can be Jack and know that he wasn't thinking rationally. Right. And I'd like to think, I'd like to think, that I would not have had this conclusion he had, which mm-hmm. was, okay, I'm going to get an army and decide this. Yeah. That being said, I definitely would have had that voice in my head telling me. Yeah, you exactly. Because when you have the ability to, it's really hard sometimes to talk yourself out of uh-huh. using it. No, I get it. No, and, I and think it's totally acceptable for, yeah. you, for you to and be I Jack in this sense. I'd love to be Daniel because everything we just talked yeah. about. And Daniel's very much more the talking and trying to understand and help. I'd love that. But I, uh, D- Daniel in this episode also is kind of demonstrates some of the. Not that you are, not yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he demonstrates that certain naivete oh, that yeah, comes yeah. along oh, with. Oh, he absolutely 100% he, does. He's the, he's the walking um, embodiment of the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm hmm. It's like, yeah, that's great. Try actually fighting with a pen. Exactly. I'm sorry, but sometimes no one. People don't often give you the chance no, to use yeah, your mighty it's pen. It's completely 100% accurate. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm Jack, because sometimes it's not about making your moral decisions, sometimes it's about following an order. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, this is just the right thing to do because there's no time for Absolutely, anything else. yes. And I would never excuse a Nazi for doing no. a Nazi war crime, but I would excuse a man who was fighting for the Nazis because he was a German soldier, mm-hmm. and that was well, the, that was what okay. it was. Have you ever read the book um, Soldier X? Yes, that's kind I of what I'm talking love about. That book that was kind of so much. That's kind of what I was actually using my arguments for. I was like, it's so good. I sometimes it's not about that book decisions. perfectly encapsulates your point. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to join the army, but it was required. Mm-hmm. And the moment he saw a chance to get out, he did his best to put that behind him, mm-hmm. and yet it still haunted him. Exactly, because. Just because you made the decision that you knew was the only one you could make doesn't mean you had to be okay with it. Yeah. Like, it, it does not necessarily mean any of the things that you think would logically be mm-hmm. the result of that decision. So, yeah. I, uh, I'm i somebody who would never join the military. Yeah. But I very much have, like, the Jack mentality. You understand that side. Because I understand 100% why the military exists. Mm-hmm. And I understand exactly how difficult it must be constantly, no matter what rank you are in the military, having to understand the full scope. Yeah. And understanding that sometimes that scope is really tiny. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I agreed with every single goddamn thing Jack said to Teal'c about following orders. Because yeah. everyone always, when you say, I was just following orders, everyone immediately brings up the Nazis, myself included, because yeah. that's, the, that's, the yeah, great, yeah. that's the that's the great thing that, yeah. you know, that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But people tend to use that to wash away any argument. Yeah. And it's like, a lot of these people really were following orders. You know who also were following orders? The people on the other side, po- pointing guns right back at them. <laughs> Anybody during, in the, during the draft. Exactly. You don't always have a choice. Because sometimes the military, not sometimes, the military does circumnavigate free will. Yeah. And guess what? You wouldn't be in the military if somebody at some point didn't think that it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Fully understanding that shit happens. Yeah. And this is why I tend to think people are inherently evil, honestly, is because if we were inherently good, I don't think we'd have a need for military intervention ever. We'd be able to discourse our way out of everything. Well, no, there's... <laughs> Eventually. Um, Maybe not by this point in our history, but yeah, we'd have that potential. Yeah, like, if... Because I used to study history. Like, I still do it for fun, but yeah. I used to, like, actively, in college, study history. And there's a distinct point of fact that, like, even after people stopped fighting wars for religion... Mm-hmm. 
They still, they found, still found reasons because to fight we're always wars. looking for a reason. Yeah, right. It's just because then it because our, our great god became resources in mm-hmm. this case oil, or or the fact that the French threw themselves into the the revolution just because they were petty about Britain. They're like, yeah, we're going to bankrupt ourselves helping the U.S. just because they're they're giving it to Britain. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I get it, but like, well, because they didn't have any well, investment in that. They actually no, they, no, I know the foothold. Uh, yeah, because exactly. Because it was a free country there that had because there there was no opposition at the time to no. England. So it was definitely petty because uh, no, it was a hundred percent petty. No one really, especially in the beginning, no one thought the colonies were going to win. No. And France had to understand that, but they were like, okay, fine, they lose. Guess what? We're still under control. But no matter what, we get to know that we win. Exactly. <laughs> that was the whole point of it. They, they, at that point, they were the embodiment of, I bite my thumb at you, sir. <laughs> I do not bite my thumb at you, sir, but I do bite my thumb. Yeah, <laughs> there like, you go. I'm not doing it to you, England. I'm just, you know, happen to be biting my thumb. Mm-hmm. And you just happen to be looking, and I happen to be making eye contact with you while I bite my thumb. All right. <laughs> if we start talking about history, we're never going to stop. Right. So, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a jack. Okay. So, walking Phoenix. Oh, hell thumbs yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Massive thumbs up. I, I have a couple there of are minor points in it, but it's a good episode. But even then, they're so they are so tiny because everything about this episode screams to my my moral conclusions in life and understanding that sometimes you can't have entirely mm-hmm. accurate moral conclusions. And I love it. This is a good episode because of the fact this movie, that this episode should have been called Shade the Gray. This is a good episode because of the fact that, um, and there's a lot of episodes in season one that do this, where they they point out that space travel to see these other cultures is never going to be simple or easy or straightforward. There are always going to be really big complications in how you interact with these people. Mm -hmm. So it was good. People are complicated. Mm -hmm. And we're capable of terrible things and left to our own devices. Who knows what we can do? So sometimes we're just not going to see eye to eye. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we, those people may not necessarily always do terrible things, but the potential is always there, and the potential for uh, friction and conflict is always there. Mm-hmm. And this episode represents that. Yeah. Thankfully, it represents the tame version of it, like which is there's definitely friction. Oh yeah. But it wasn't, and that people are capable of, of actually thinking, thinking <laughs> and meeting eye to eye uh-huh. eventually. Yeah, it's like it's the idea of you know agree to disagree. Like we're definitely never always we're never definitely never going to see eye to eye here. But we can at least understand each other. Yeah. And not hate each other. So, uh, next week is a big one. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry, yeah. It's, yeah. Is it, is it? Singularity. Yes. Which, honestly, I'm going to not say too much now just because I don't know. When I think of singularity, I think of two things. Either uh, a singularity, like a uh, black hole, mm-hmm. or the singularity, which is um, the idea that, the transhumanist idea that, you know, when we uh, escape the bonds of uh, body and can achieve, you know, fully living like, as a computer. Mm-hmm. That whole thing, the tech, that technological revolution that's going to happen someday, yeah. according to some people. I'm interested to rewatch it. I think singularity it, applies to that. the planet itself. Maybe. I don't, that's my whole point. I don't remember the exact I, I'm looking forward to seeing the episode again with the understanding that I'm going to be trying to pay attention to see why the hell it's called singularity. Yeah. But I'm, either way, we've alluded to it a bunch of times. Oh, now. yeah. We're ready for singularity. It's a good, it's episode. A good episode. We get a very important character. It's a great I, I, uh, I like It's an it. important episode. It's a very important episode. And even without the other thing in it. And you get really good Sam moments. Yeah, that crying. This Amanda tapping. This, this is, is the episode that proves Amanda tapping knows how to cry on cue. This, <laughs> rather than emancipation, is the episode for Amanda tapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is this episode right now. Sorry, uh, Cori was the one that gave you the emotional depth to Teal'c. This one and is Sandra's this episode. Is going to be the one Sam's. that gives yep. Sam's. Mm-hmm. So it is a big one. It's a huge one. It's real good. Hell, it it has long term ramifications too. Oh yeah, nineteen sixty nine. God yes, she's it's it's got a thing. <laughs> it works. 
So yeah, it's a great episode. I'm very much looking forward to that. Yes. Awesome. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Notless. If you want to get a hold of us and discuss death penalty uh, or <laughs> any of those extremely philosophical gray area conversations, honestly, don't, please. <laughs> we all understand there's different aspects. <laughs> oh, I don't care if anyone... If anyone wants to argue until they're blue in the face about pro-death penalty, I will not change my stance on it. If anyone, Be free. Feel free. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> and by that we mean if you want to contact us to talk about the death penalty or any morally ambiguous gray area conversations, understand that you can go at it all you want until you're blue in the face, as Mel puts it. But you're probably better off saving your efforts for a different platform. I mean, this is for Stargate. Let's just talk about Let's, Stargate. Can we just look to Stargate? I just feel like I might need to say that just in case we piss off enough people that they need to. I just don't want to rest in, rest in peace inbox because all of a sudden I have a tirade coming at me. I don't care. Okay, <laughs> I say bring it. Uh, so yeah, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, you can find me at It's Mel Not Liss or Liss at It's Liss Not Mel or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. Or you can email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and throw it through the nearest wormhole. Like your opinions on the death like penalty. Like your opinions about the death penalty. <laughs> Here we go. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach Mel with all of your death penalty decisions <laughs> and all your morally ambiguous conversations. Uh, if you want to reach me with it, all of a sudden, I just, I don't know, I, I, I seem to have gone missing. <laughs> Where there's a wormhole attached to my Twitter now. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was too good as always you can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes uh there aren't really a lot of this one actually the, mm -hmm. not a lot of trivia for this one no but yeah if you want to see any of that stuff the links are there maybe i'll link uh a description of soldier x just because it's such a good book it's actually a good idea honestly it's, it's a, a real it good, good book. book everyone should read it if they haven't it hurt me inside oh it was painful but yeah, so you can find all of, our sh uh, all of our links in the show notes. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Again, as long as it's about Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're wrong about this because blah, blah. I don't care. <laughs> as always, thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris. And until next time. 